Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 51 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip and this is my birthday special gift to you. Sounds odd, I know, and probably sounds indulgent, but it was a lot of fun, so I'm not sorry one bit. Unlucky. Um, I've mentioned this online, but as, as, as some of you know, I mentioned it at the end of the last podcast as well, for years, um, since my 30th birthday, so, for, so not for that long, actually, um, on my 30th birthday, I released the video for Introduction, and it was the first anyone heard of my s- s- solo project, um, a new new solo sound, um, and I really enjoyed that. So every year since then, I've tried to release something on my birthday, and this year I realised the main thing that I'm doing that I can talk about in any detail is the podcast. So I decided I'd do a special edition podcast, but I thought, well, what could make it different from the rest? And I thought, how about if I interview my mum and I interview my dad? Um, so that's what I did. Um, and it was really good fun. And I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a special two hour bumper edition, which is exciting because we've got a, a two parter uh, on Wednesday with Greenpeace, which is amazing, but I'll get to all that later. First of all, I need to do the typical advertising bit. And all I'd say is, you know, I'm giving you this for free and like, it is my birthday. So if you wanted to go to speech development, records.com, and spend some of your money on my merch, like buying my Edinburgh Fringe show, or buying a T-shirt, or buying a mug, or buying a barbecue apron, or buying the new B. Dolan record, or or last year's Sage Francis a record, or War and Peace records, any of them. You know, go and spend as much as you feel is appropriate to s- celebrate my awesome birthday. Um, speech development records dot com um right so before i get into this intro uh fully i also want to quickly discuss a great great debate that we had on my facebook recently and it was about the response of all lives matter to the black lives matter movement and there's a hashtag in a movement saying black lives matter and it's in reaction to all of the deaths going on in america and the injustices and the lack of convictions for the murders of black people um and a common response by people often that are uh, uh, similar minded to me is is all lives matter and saying that you know we shouldn't be breaking up like that and i posted a post from on on reddit an explanation on, on reddit of why that's an kind of inappropriate um a response. And I want to read that to you, and then I'll explain a few of the things that we discussed as well. It was from Geek Aesthete. I don't even know what that is. Aesthete. Um, and it basically says, I won't go all into it, but imagine you're sitting down to a dinner with your family, and while everyone else gets a serving of the meal, you don't g- g- get any. So you say, I should get my fair share. And as a direct response to this, your dad corrects you by saying, everyone should get their fair share. Now, that's a wonderful sentiment indeed. Everyone should. And that was kind of your point in the first place. But you should be part of everyone and you should get your fair share also. So, however, Dad's smart-ass comment just dismissed you and didn't solve the problem that you still haven't got any. The problem is that the statement, I should get my fair share, had an implicit two at the end. I should get my fair share too, just like everyone else. But but, but your dad's response treated the statement as if you were saying only I should get my fair share, which clearly isn't your intention. 
As a result, his statement that everyone should get their fair share, while true, only served to ignore the problem that you were trying to point out. Um, it goes on a lot more than that, but I think that's the beautiful thing. It's the implicit too. When that's what is getting a, a lost at times, Black Lives Matter, it's, you know, a short hashtag and movement. It's saying Black Lives Matter too. Obviously, all lives matter, but the way the justice system is and 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 those carrying out the justice in america are treating black lives at the moment is that they don't matter um the conviction rate of people of black individuals murdered again a lot of people then argued to me that um we sh- black lives matter is separating things and making it a black and white issue and it 100% isn't, I promise you. It's addressing the a separation that is already taking place. The percentage of crime solved of black people murdered. And I'm not even talking about um, white people killing black people. A lot of people will counter instantly and say, well, you know, I had someone, a, a comment saying, I wish the black people in Chicago would would learn that black lives matter because there's a lot of black on black crime and murder. That's irrelevant to this conversation, in my opinion, because the fact is the solving and the conviction of black people being killed, the rate of that is a fraction of what it is when a white person is killed, regardless of the colour of the skin of who has killed them. Obviously, it's escalated a lot with a lot of the stories with police or with white people killing black people, but that still doesn't change that initial thing. Um, Another example I gave of a a breakdown to try and explain it was that if you break your leg, the focus of what needs to be fixed then is your broken leg. All the bones in in your... your body matter they are all essential and whilst different all make up the same body but if you're laying there with a broken leg you don't need the doctor to first make sure your arm's okay because your arm's fine and then your spine your spine is in awesome shape and then your ribs ribs are great everyone loves ribs you know going through all of them's all before trying to help the area that is hurt right now you should instead focus on that area for a moment until it is brought up to the same level of all the other bones that matter too but weren't damaged in this incident so black lives matter is indeed about the fact that all lives should matter so the statement of all lives matter is is a rude and uh, ignorant response because it's it's not addressing this because the black lives matter movement is discussing the fact that all lives aren't treated as if they matter at the moment. The ones that aren't treated as if they matter are black lives. I mean, the only argument I will accept really is that you could just go line along the lines of non-white lives matter, which would be too unusual, but black lives matter tends to ignore the Hispanic um, communities and how, you know, there's often a similar a level and percentage of, of it being ignored and the problem is are not being solved um we talk about this a little bit on the chat with my mum i'm realizing now and i recommend a specific episode of the joe rogan podcast so check that out but anyway that's what i wanted to discuss briefly now i won't go into too much detail anymore um part one is with my mum um and my mum's lovely uh my mum and dad are separated which will be discussed um a lot of great stuff's discussed it was so nice to sit down and hear these these wonderful stories so i hope you enjoy this two-part birthday special this is part one this piece of fiction is the intro to the 
Trusting, are you? Well, I've, I've started recording. I've got that on record now that you are trusting in my interviewing skills. Um, I'm joined today by my mum. I mean, I don't know your name, so it's my, obviously I do. It's Jenny, but I never use that. It's mum. So how are you doing? You're in my I'm living room. Fine, I'm in your living room. Yeah, it's, it's nice, isn't it? Ex- yes. Yeah. Ex- ex- excuse to hang out. And I got here on time. You got here on time because I texted you an hour early saying. <laughs> Do you want to head round early? <laughs> and she said, well, I'll start getting dressed then. So you are on time and and that's a rare thing. I want to get straight off at the start and get you to give out your t- t- Twitter and Instagram addresses for people because <laughs> as you'll know and as some people who follow me know, on your birthday, which is, all, which is October 12th, I always tweet a happy birthday to you because I know th- thousands of people will then tweet saying happy birthday and you're so polite you'll have to reply to all of them yeah. so i like to try and up your followership just for and my own entertainment I, I didn't know that there was a limit on how many tweets you could do in a day yeah oh, oh did it tell you off did <laughs> yes, it, stop it you? told me off it said you can't do anymore because <laughs> <laughs> you were being too polite i remember the first time i did it you, you text me on your on your lunch break and you were like I'm trying my best to get through them all on my lunch break. <laughs> it's like your birthday and you're spending your lunch break trying to thank people for saying happy birthday. So what's your Twitter and Instagram? I'm maybe? at Jenny1092. Uh, 1092. On um, that's on Twitter and on Instagram. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's hilarious to me that my mum's a big fan of Twitter and Instagram. I mean, you're not particularly into to Facebook. It's taken you a while to get into that, yeah. but you really enjoyed... I, I like Twitter because it's quick and yeah. it's... it's and, and I like Instagram... Um, I don't use it as much as I should, but every now and again I have a little sort of like, oh, I could put that on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, you posted <laughs> this morning, this is a spoiler alert for anyone about to follow you, about the um, the new toaster you've... or the toaster you've had for a while, but it's yeah. too small to toast a full slice of bread. Yeah. And so I had... it leaves the top untoasted. <laughs> I had actually turned it over, so it was very yeah. lightly toasted, but... Uh, it doesn't yeah. work too well. Yeah. Didn't think about the size of bread when I bought the toaster. No, yeah, doesn't work out too good. Well, let's start as I start with a lot because I don't want to just arrogant. Although it's my birthday special, I don't want to just arrogantly interview you about my upbringing. Let's start by talking about where you grew up and and what mm-hmm. kind of, of of upbringing you had. Uh, I was born in Beckenham, yep. in Kent. Um, my dad was a policeman. Yep. Uh, my mum worked in um, a foundry, metallurgical radiologist. What the hell is that? Uh, she was a secretary. She wasn't. Oh, right, one, but, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, I was always very say, proud that, that I that could never say came that. Up. That never, never came understood up. She never what it that. was. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, born in Beckenham, um, we moved to Forest Hill. Yep. And then to be- back to Beckenham. Yeah. When my parents were able to buy their own place in Beckenham. From from my understanding you were kind of the, the nerd of the three of you or more of the good girl at school <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and really, so yeah. Rob your brother was just a bit of a tear away the kind of it's always been beautiful because it was always the teachers saying he'll amount to nothing and then in true working class fashion he became very successful as a plumber and yeah. you know all other stuff and yeah it was always yeah. nice to go the, the most successful member of our family is the one that <laughs> 
from what I hear, the <laughs> teachers were all like, he'll never do yeah, anything. Yeah. He's got his own business, he runs stuff. So, yeah. So it was always yeah, nice. Absolutely. And Angela was always, from what I can tell, the, the tear away and the naughty girl and the one that, she, that you'd have to was, cover but for. She's the most intelligent. Yeah. I think she's really clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and and I she, she, was, um, uh, she went on to be a PA and yeah. amazing sort of shorthand speeds and things. Yeah, yeah I was always too frightened at. At, um, I'm a coward through and through. <laughs> I'm too frightened to uh, skip school and things, whereas Rob and Angie did all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think the most wicked thing I did at school was smoking in the loos. Wow! And I did get caught by some six formers once thrown the cigarette out the window, but yeah. I didn't realise there was smoke coming out my nose <laughs> when they came in. <laughs> kind of a giveaway. I mean, interestingly. You, you gave up smoking when you were pregnant with me, didn't you? Just after you were just, born. Just after okay. I was yes. born. So yeah. you smoked through my pregnant, pregnancy. Absolutely. Because I was going to say, I've got an older brother, Ian, who yeah. we've discussed on the podcast before. You didn't give up smoking for him, so that's a bit harsh. No, that you I went, gave up smoking when, when, I, when you were a baby. I was a weak little baby, wasn't you, I? You, you got this <laughs> awful cough, and I suddenly thought, oh, my God, this baby sounds like a little old man, Yeah, I, and I'm smoking over him, and my, I just gave up like that. And my n- natural <laughs> patheticness made you gave up, no. give up smoking, so that's, that's no, good to know. No, it was my guilt. <laughs> and let's go back to your dad, because there's a lot of pride there, and it's interesting at the moment with... Um, particularly in America, there's a lot of question mark over police. And there was a great podcast recently I'd recommend people listen to, the Joe Rogan podcast with, I can't remember the guy's name, Michael A something, Michael A Wood Jr. Um, And he talks a lot about how the police, a lot of the time now, aren't the best of the best. He's a former Mm. policeman. He was a policeman in Baltimore. They aren't the best of the best because the wages, and it's not always their fault, but the wages aren't that great. And numerous other things, the training isn't that great. We go for quantity over quality at times. But your dad was a policeman and it was back when that was genuinely something that the whole area would be proud of and the family would be proud of. And he was, a you know, for years a great a yeah. great officer. There were times when I wished he wasn't. Like of course. When, when I'm sort of walking down the road with my friends and a squad car pulls up, big black shiny <laughs> yeah. squad car pulls up and a, and a head pops out going, what's for dinner tonight, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> like, just open up and, yeah. But no, apart from that, yeah, I'm immensely proud of him. And I think, um, I know that when he retired, um, he said that, he wouldn't want to be a policeman now. Yeah. They can't do anything right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, of course. And, and of course, they've been cut so much yeah. that um, I, I just think it's really sad. But, no, he was a policeman and he got a British Empire Medal for yeah. his work, which... Which is amazing. ...was amazing. Yeah. 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 So, so that's um, great. Oh, I like the fact that... No, it, it wasn't after he'd retired. It, it, it might have been during, but I remember some... Him finding out something about a relative that we didn't know and yes. a, a strange murder in America and him wanting to go out and investigate or him investigating from yeah. the UK and all sorts. It's like, it sounds like a film. I love that. Yes. that there's, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, and he found I it all through, through, f- through uh, letters, wasn't it? It wasn't it, it even... It was um, the apparent um, black sheep of the family, yeah. apparently, and she went over to America and was found murdered somewhere. Wow. We never got the full details, but it's one of the things that, when I retire, I'm going to go and look for that and yeah. see if I can find out more we'll about find that. Out, investigate. It just sounds fascinating. But Dad, I think Dad got so much. 
Dad was an old-fashioned policeman and he never talked about work yeah. at home. So even where it was related to family, he never really gave us very much yeah. information. And so the information I suspect you, f- you he found was through finding old letters and correspondence yeah. after, after, or when clearing when the house yeah, after absolutely. they passed. My dad was a hoarder. That's yeah. Where I get it um, well, I mean, let's talk about Nan as well. Always, um, I mean, just bizarrely inspiring in that um, right up until her last day, she, she still worked, went on holidays, was was just so active and, and bubbly and, 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 yeah. Yeah, she was very much... It's kind um, of beautiful. A lot of people don't... But the sad thing of age and humans, sadly, is generally you 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 have to watch the ones you love d- d- deteriorate. Sometimes physically, sometimes m- mentally, and often become someone you don't recognise or can end up resenting or all sorts. And I've always thought, as 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 hard as it is that then when they pass, it is such a surprise. But I always thought it was a beautiful thing that. There was never any of that with Nan. She seemed no. to be, from what I could see, that's the woman she'd always been and never had that Ab- Absolutely. Deterioration. She, she was always um, busy, always doing things, always smiling. And she went off on... Yes, she loved Tetris. She loved Tetris, yeah. And we got her a Game Boy and she, <laughs> and she loved Tetris. But yeah, and, she went And off. she loved... She loved um, the internet. When I went up, she'd go, oh, I've gathered some websites. Can we go and have a look at them? Yeah. She, she didn't quite have the nerve to do it herself. Do it herself she went so. on a weekend um, training course, yeah. took herself away to... But she, I remember the first time I talked to her about facts. Yeah. And she could not understand where the picture went when you put the picture in the facts. Yeah, it's brilliant. How did it get to the other side? Which... <laughs> Actually, I, I mean, empathise with it. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Completely. I discussed this still f- f- from when I did a, f- a photography at, y- at uni. And we take for granted how amazing it is. Because if we didn't have photography, the fact is you're taking that something that's real and in front of you and it's magically appearing. Mm. You're recording that. You're yeah. stealing that part, yeah. that piece of time. And that's genuinely fascinating and mind-blowing. But it's just a standard thing for us because we're used to it. And it's the same with that. You, you put something but in the facts, also, it goes. We had that discussion, didn't we, about the um, the photograph and how that's changed the look of paintings. Yeah. Because um, the picture of you, which um, Joe, Sim- Joe yeah, yeah, Simpson, Joe Simpson did, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it looks like a photograph. Yeah. And I, yeah. I can remember we had the discussion about it and say, well, actually, it was taken from a photograph, whereas... Yeah, and that was In the thing. Times I think gone with, by, uh, people did a sketch, yeah. so pictures look more sketched. Well, maybe. Well, that was one. That's one of the things I, I love about Joe Simpson's art. Is I think he's a wonderful painter, but he's also an amazing photographer. Because mm. <laughs> if that was a photo, that would be it one of the just best as amazing, photos yes. I've got. It was a really yeah. beautiful. He just got yeah. the angles and everything really nice. Yeah. He then turned it into a painting. But yeah, regardless mm. of that, mm. so it's a fascinating uh, a photo. But yeah, um, I understand that kind of shock and awe over <laughs> over things like that so um, she she loved that and i think my dad would have loved the internet um, yeah. had he been around when i mean yeah. he died before it got big enough to be in everybody's home yeah yeah mm. yeah definitely um i still love that into the early or, or late 90s nan would stand at the end of her her garden <laughs> if she needed someone to open a jar for her and just ask someone I always remember the, yeah. the classic of when me dad and ian were all going up and rob and everyone and she famously, in Marks and Spencer's, just approached someone and said, oh, 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 what do men drink? 
because she wanted to know what to get us and she got some beers in. No, it, Absolutely. Just get some lagers. I'm sure that'll be, no, that'll but, be fine. Yeah, she, she, would, she would ask. And she, um, she wore um, a small hearing aid because she couldn't understand why people wouldn't wear a hearing aid if they couldn't hear. And she, she was very much saying, well, if, you can't, if your hearing's gone down... Do something about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Don't yeah. sort of worry about yeah. having to wear or a hearing aid yeah, yeah, yeah. and, just, and just missing out it. on what's yeah. going on. Actually do something about it and don't miss out. Yeah, completely. And and again, I see tons of influence of, 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 of Nan in you, which is always nice. And you've always been quite... I'm, I'm glad you often see that as a compliment because there's been points where I've said, you look... I'd say like your mum right now, which oh, yeah. is kind of saying you look like an old lady right now because... <laughs> I only knew Nan as an older yeah, lady, you know, absolutely. but still it's a compliment. But, I mean, there's a story I mentioned t- t- to you I wanted to talk about, and a lot of people who know m- my work and stuff will know that I often discuss dark subjects but find them inspirational. And we've got a song called Cowboy, which is a true story of something that happened to Nan. So would yeah. you like to kind of, of tell that? Yeah, That's yeah. Okay? She, um, we, we lived in Forest Hill at the time, yeah. and we lived on um, a police housing estate, and you walked up quite a dark lane to get to the houses. And Mum was coming home one evening, and um, a lad jumped out with a knife and, and pushed her into some bushes. Yeah. And she obviously realised what he was trying to do. Yeah. And she said to him, Oh, look, it's really cold out here. Why don't you come into my house? It'll be warmer. Yeah. And he said, OK. Yeah. And he followed her into the house, which went into the house. And, of course, my father was there. Yeah. Um, and he's which a she large obviously policeman, knew. <laughs> which she knew, yeah. Um, when, when, mum, when we grew up, when there was a stranger in the house, mum always left the door open. Right. And and that was a thing where you could escape because Amazing. because she'd taken this guy in, she left the door open, which allowed him to escape. Yeah. And um, obviously, my brother's sister and I were all asleep upstairs, yeah. and apparently they had police, or, or dogs, all sorts yeah, up to try and yeah. um, find him. I don't know whether they. I don't think they ever did. Again, Never I just heard find, think that's so amazing. Just, and uh, I always found it inspirational because under that kind of pressure, when, when someone has said, I mean, we're being delicate with the guy's intention, mm. but it was far from pure. Oh, obviously, he was, he's dragging her into an alleyway yeah. to, to attack her His and to, to, rape to rape her. her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so to have the wherewithal in that situation and the calmness to go, look, let's go... I'll Absolutely. only live there. Let's go in there. Is amazing. Yeah. And then I, I discussed it with her when I was older. At the time, I was more upset that I missed seeing the police dogs. Yeah. When they told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but when I discussed it with her later, and, and I said to her, you know, I just have so much admiration for yeah. you. And she said, Well, you just never know what you'll do under pressure. Yeah. You know, you can't plan what you're going to do. Yeah, you yeah. Just, just hope happens. that you have the right. So, Reactions. speaking of, of acting under under pressure, uh, uh, let's discuss when I, f- I fell over and got the scar on my eyebrow. Because you didn't react great under pressure there. You <laughs> you went kind of mental and got quite panicky, didn't you? So, can we discuss like, how old was I? You, I don't really... I was, I, I was, I was young. I was you were... You, well, it was preschool. So, yeah. you were too... You were, to, you were a toddler. Yeah. Um, I was a I'm, chubby I'm a rubbish toddler. mum and I don't remember dates and no. things. Um as my friends will attest, they're always having to tell me how old you are. Yeah, I've got no idea. <laughs> but you were out in the garden and you had um, 
plastic dustpan and brush. Yeah. And you cool, fell so I'm just tidy over. enough. I'm a, so, I'm, yep. I'm a conscientious member of society. You're the tidy one in the family. No, your brother's tidy yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you fell over and um, the dustpan got caught under the step. Right. And, well, got caught between the step and your eye. Yeah. So when, obviously, I heard you cry and came out, picked you up. For a moment, I thought your eye had gone because there yeah. was this... Gap. Oh my god! There was a huge hole, and because I was crying and there was a lot of blood, it looked like there was just an eye eye hole, eye socket. Absolutely. So you had a panic Um, of thinking, "Where's my eyeball?" Yeah, tea towel over the eye, and of course, look outside. Not a neighbour in sight. There never is when you need one. No. So we did get an ambulance, and we went up to the hospital. And fortunately, your eye was still there. Yeah, it was there. It turns um, out. Was that the one where Dad passed out? Yes. Or was that the other time I cracked no, my head no, that, open? Because we're going to talk. I'm going to talk to Dad <laughs> next after this. But yeah, no, he, um, they, we'd taken you in, and the doctor was going to <laughs> stitch up your eye. And when snapped, he put right? the needle in to anaesthetise, yeah. I guess it came apart. Yeah, so and the needle just I'm, broke I'm in, doing in my, my head. Oh, you're you're all right. Nothing's wrong. It's just a silly man. <laughs> yeah, and and. Your dad was, I thought your dad was tapping me on my shoulder and I'm like, I'm busy, (laughs) concentrating on David. And um, when I turned round, he was on the floor. So we then had to (laughs) wait by Brilliant. (laughs) Which is really odd because he has such a, a, a high pain threshold, yeah, you know. He's had I'm sure it was tooth stuff with no 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 numbing and all Absolutely. sorts. Absolutely, yeah. and and but obviously it's it's when somebody close to yeah. you, you react differently. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good one to, to move on to the. Um, are you saying there how you were playing it cool and calming yeah. it down? It's it's a good one to move on to when I or or, or how I got my stutter yeah. essentially, and I'm going to talk about it in a lot of detail to Dad too because yeah. he came out and pulled me out of the water. Absolutely. But so. I only know a lot of this because of hypnosis that yeah. I've, I remembered it. I'd kind of forgotten it. And part of that is a testament to, to you guys because you played it, it down so much. Absolutely, you kind of said yeah. it's, it's all right. And again, I'll talk about it to that dad, but I always remember his line of going, oh, you've ruined my trainers. <laughs> but so basically the, the, the rough version I remember is we were all walking along the beach and I'd trailed back. That's back, right. Was it? We'd, no, we'd gone, to, gone on we'd, holiday gone to it was in France. France right? yeah. And it was uh, probably the first day there and and we were sort of finding out where everything was and we were walking along the beach and a wave literally came and grabbed you yeah i I can't describe it any other way and your dad went out up to his shoulders before he could grab you back yeah um because then i had you and i'm thinking my brain i'm thinking Oh my God! I don't know the French for emergency. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm saying to him, I'm saying to you, oh silly way, fancy doing that to you, isn't silly that silly? Wave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I've got a weird memory of all of that, so it's it's quite odd. Um, again, I'll, I'll I'll talk more in detail on Dad on that because yeah. there's I, I want to also talk about Ada. It's it is how I got my stutter. I, I and we I'm kind of found out and we believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and interestingly, I had a recurring dream that was that turns out it was a related to that but i'll go into that in, in the next one well, because I, we're I chatting phrase, but things... i wanted to talk about the voices yes the which voices. again i only heard about <laughs> a, a recently i didn't even i know about that for a long time um well, well, the voices in my head we, and we were in france 
So you had <laughs> we, a little demon boy on your hands all of a sudden. You and you said, I can hear these voices in my head. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what do I do? Anyway, um, I brought up a Catholic yeah. and we were in France. So I said to your dad, we've got to go to Lourdes. Got to get some holy water. Yeah. So I went and I doused you with holy water. Doused me with holy, <laughs> holy water in my ears to get rid of the, Absolutely, yeah. the voices. Yeah. I love it because we've not even had that religious upbringing. I mean, I know you grew up a Catholic and and me and Ian went to Catholic school, but it was all quite an open choice. Absolutely. You you wanted us to know about it, so we've got an option, and then both of us chose to not not go for it. I um, I, I think as much as anything, (laughs) a a religion gives people a, a framework yeah. To hang things on, yeah. to learn about being polite and caring for yeah, people yeah, and sure. that sort of thing. So, and again, it's all it's all but work you're educating right, it's down to choice. Yeah. But as you get older, you make your own choices. And that was, I think, it's one of the things that me and Ian have been uh, are lucky with that our upbringing and different to some people we went to school with and all sorts. It was never that that based on grades and things like that. It was always just you wanted us to 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 work hard and do our best, yeah. but also just. To make ourselves happy, which was, yeah. was was always good. There was never that pressure to I need to make loads of money or I need to do this. And I think it's one of the things that allowed me to spend years p- 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 pursuing things as ludicrous as spoken word or a podcast or a radio show. When I'm I've got a stutter, you know, <laughs> all these things that you, a careers advisor would say yeah. politely, maybe go and work here. But you know, it was always more just yeah. you were kind of happy for us to just. Yeah, I, I mean, happy, when you really. decided to do your tour, we had the chats of, um, well, what what are you expecting out of yeah. this? And, you know, you said you wanted the people you respected to respect you. Yeah, and yeah, completely. it's like, that's fine. You've got a reasonable... I didn't want you to go off thinking, actually, I'm going to become a millionaire overnight, yeah. which I know you've discussed before. I think yeah. it's really sad these days that people want to be famous, but... There isn't don't actually any work, a know, reason f- and, for that, or just the idea of fame rather than. Yeah. I and, be and, and I think it also this. goes goes back to my mum. Um, I had a um, an aunt, not a real auntie, but somebody we always called auntie, yeah. auntie Pat, and her son was a croupier. My mum thought that was absolutely amazing. Yeah, she yeah. said how she wanted us to do the things that gave us joy yeah. and that's what i want and that's again it's to. good to it's, it's something I'd, I'd 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 forgotten there but it's nice to know that the initial goal was to gain the respect of my peers mm. and it was people like at the time it was people like sage francis Absolutely. and all these yeah. people who i now get to to yeah. work with and yeah. hopefully have that so that's kind of yeah it's it, it, it's a good thing i'm gonna go off on a brief tangent now because it's a rant i've been a meaning to have <laughs> and i'm probably gonna have it online but no it's just just something you said there there's a post that gets posted a lot at the moment by people I respect and it says, stop stop making stupid people famous. And I hate it because mm. I think it's so... Um, um, just... Th- it's the assumption that intelligence is the only thing anyway Absolutely. and I think that's, that's so ignorant. And equally... Again, there'll be tons of people listening now who will have posted it because it seems like the kind of thing that people yeah, are, yeah. Are like-minded would do. And I get the annoyance and the point it's trying to make, but the fact is, number one, you, intelligence isn't isn't the only thing. I think um, a Wayne Rooney deserves to be famous because he's incredibly skilled at what he does and Absolutely, disciplined at what yeah, he does. Yeah. I'm not saying he deserves all the money he gets or whatever, but he, he deserves to be famous yeah. regardless of his intelligence. Yeah. And equally, it's put in the illusion that the aim of most... Um, 
academics or any of them, as if any of them have give a shit about being famous in any way. Most yeah. great intellects and academics, and again, n- not including me, I thoroughly enjoy pushing my own fame. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So again, I'm I'm not b- b- banding myself in there, but it's so ignorant to 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 think that these that geniuses or people of intelligence their goal is fame their goal is and, far and, greater things and, and it, i mean ian i think is stupid. one of, an example of that ian's that? desire for knowledge yeah. and information has nothing to do with public no. viewer opinions for himself absolutely um, yeah so and, yeah and that's I kind of a brief a rant i wanted to go on because it's and, something that a lot of people that i respect and love and in my kind of industry post and i get what they're trying to say but i think it's so rude and ignorant mm. and it's it's implying that the only good people are the ones who've got a degree or the ones that are yeah. intelligent. Like, no, there's a lot. There's There can be people who are just good. They can Absolutely. be stupid. I know some stupid idiots who are the most lovely people I've ever met and, I, you know, I wouldn't change for the Everybody world. Everybody has their own, Yeah, you know. Completely. Anyway, that's going completely off, off topic. One of the things... Oh, just quickly, one of your favourite stories and Dad's favourite stories to tell any time I would bring a girl home or anything... It relates to my, for a long time, my lack of healthy eating and it relates to a grape incident. So we may as well get that out of the way and make it public. Do you want to detail how, how to to give some history, for years I didn't eat any fruit or vegetables and when I was old enough to feed myself or to cook my own food, I I literally went years without any fruit or vegetables but I was always reluctant. Yeah, you are such a healthy eater now but as as a toddler, you know, you try and get, when, when you have your children you go, I'm going to be really good parent, I'm going to give them healthy food, I'm not going to give them sweets. Yeah. And, you know, five minutes it's out, so and it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. So, you know, I did try to oh, yeah, um, make you eat fruit and things like that. And we had a battle one day one with, with a seedless grape. A seedless grape, which the whole street <laughs> learned about because you had to pin me down. It. And I was screaming. Just have one grape. Yeah, try it. With you screaming for me to have one grape and me screaming at not having a... At the I think torture you won in the end. being forced to have a grape. Um, but anyway, I want to get on... To Another thing I'm going to talk to Dad more about is um, when you two uh, split up. Mm. And again, I think it's something that's a huge taboo in society today. And different kinds of relationships and different situations are right for different people. I don't think it should be a taboo. For for me, now, I'm so pleased that the two of you split up. (laughs) Because I think think both of you were far happier and far, you know, your lives changed hugely. And again, I want to talk about something that I think your your mum influenced in a way. And one of the things that you were adamant about when you did split up was to regularly take yourself out on your own for a meal or for yeah. different things like that. To just so you know that you're okay being on your own. You might yeah. uh, want to meet someone else or choose to meet someone else, but to know that it's not something that you're like, oh, I need to get a husband. Yeah, I can't live. I can't, yeah, I made a list of things that I needed to know I could do. For me, really, yeah, yeah. and 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 as you say, it's I, I I get terribly worried about people who just leap from one relationship to another. Yeah. Because actually, it's quite nice to get to know yourself sometimes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. when when you're with, um, you know, when you have your kids, you become a different person yeah. to who you were before you of got course. married. Before you had, um, so anyway, when when we split up, um, I made a list of things that I wanted to do, and one of the things was go away by myself. Mm-hmm. So Ian was at uni in Lampeter. Mm-hmm. So he was coming home during the holidays, but paying the rent on 
his accommodation there. Yeah. So I went up there for it, a week. He had a cottage up a in, cottage, the, in, yeah. in, in, in the hills cow around barn. It was so beautiful, it was wasn't it? Beautiful. It's so but harsh it was in the middle of nowhere. I think we all visited more when he wasn't there than when he was there. Because <laughs> I went and stayed there when he wasn't there at one point. It's like, so, yeah, but do you remember we went up there for a cup of tea one day? We yeah. drove up and you had to keep me awake driving back. <laughs> and we literally but popped anyway, to Lampeter for a, yeah, like, a, what, a six, seven hour drive? Something, yeah, something like that, like wasn't that, it? Yeah. But anyway, I went up there and I. It was, yes, I want to know I can cope with something by myself. Going for a meal in a restaurant. It's mm. okay going into a, 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 a sort of burger place or something like yeah. that by yourself. But actually going into a proper restaurant mm. is quite difficult, by particularly a woman by themselves. Yeah. So, um, and, and yeah, I had a list of different things that I wanted to try and do. Going to the cinema by yourself. Because although you go to, I, I know you love <laughs> you it, but love you tend to, you get used to going with people. Yeah. And it's very odd when you sit there. And it's been an issue for me in the past, my love of, of it, because yeah. there's been points where I'm in a relationship and the awkward thing will be there'll be a film I really want to go and see on my own. Yeah. And obviously, I, you know, it's harsh to say, so I'm going to go <laughs> while you're at work. It's like, all right, I'll wait until you're about and then we'll go and see it. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's just, um, yeah, and I had made, last year I went to Spain by myself, yeah. which um, was the first time I'd been abroad and it not being a part of a, a holiday tour thing. Tour group, there wasn't yeah, a yeah. tour rep to sort yeah, things out. Yeah. I organised the, the trip um, with a friend who had a, a flat in Spain and I took myself there, I organised yeah. my taxi and that. And, and I remember on great. that, saying to you, the beauty of this is, you don't have to be, feel guilty about anything you choose to do mm. while you're there. I'm, I insist, insisted you take a couple of DVD yeah. box sets because I was like, for me at points, that's a great part of holiday. And I know yeah. you always have a, a lot of TV to catch up on because yeah. you work so much and all that. <laughs> so I was like, if you choose some nights to not go out and see the local bars or see this and choose to just have a nice night in watching box sets on holiday, that's all right. Yeah, it's and, and, and that's what I had thought when I went when I booked it. That if I don't feel that I can go out by myself, I can sit and watch yeah, yeah, yeah. DVDs, read books, and and I did. But I did go out as well, and yeah. um, I would do it again. But it's it's not that I particularly want to do it, but that I know I can if I want to. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't yeah. quite no, make I know sense. What you mean. But yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean. It's, so. it's the option. Well, let's, let's, let's start to, to wrap things up. I guess. Mm-hmm couple of things i want to skim through there's three now so number one we whenever i come around i argue quite a bit about the fact that you own one cat yet you feed three (laughs) who are these other two cats and where did they come from they've been they've been in the house every time i've been around for about four years now yeah you only own a one cat stop treating like you'll feed them off your plate you'll do all sorts and i'll adamantly only feed mingus which is the one that we've got and me and ian named after charles mingus and well rosie sort of moved in she adopted us um for whatever reason she decided to move out of her place yeah and she found our cat flap and moved in yeah um i did speak to her owners and said you know she seems to have moved in and they said well we can't get her into our house so yeah i said well if you want her she's at mine and and She's lovely. She sits on my lap and dribbles like I mean, mad. She's, the, the, as you that's say, the thing. She's the thing that actually happened deaf. was when me and Ian moved out, you brought Mingus 
to be a cat to keep you company. Mingus happens to be the only cat that isn't anything like any other cats. He's not a fan of sitting on laps. He only will, Ian's he'll like play catch. Yeah, he'll play fetch. You know, yeah. he thinks he's a dog. Oh, can you just say the first time he, he sat on your lap and you were delighted? <laughs> I was so delighted. I got, I sat down and he sat on my lap. And I even texted people going, Yeah, you text oh me saying, Mingus is on my lap. I think he's in a picture. And within seconds, he'd weed all over me. <laughs> <laughs> he just sat on you to wee on you. And I, I, my, I feel it's because it was cold outside. And when he sat on my lap, he'd just relax. He'd been holding yeah. on all day. He, he doesn't like going out very no. much. Um, actually, and then we've got No Name, who yeah, appears no, name. no idea where it comes from. But the, comes the, the, most... He's a sh- shadow of a cat. He's the deepest, darkest black, just yeah. a skinny... He looks like a witch's cat type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we call him No Name. Yeah, yeah. It's and, a good name. Because um, we him. don't know his yeah, name. Yeah, we don't know his name. Um, but he comes in. It's made me think of a story about Mingus that was actually probably your first outing on any podcast because Dave Gorman talked about it on his podcast because I text the story into him. <laughs> Do you remember this? It was, it was a while back. Yeah, um... And it was it was just a, he he had a thing asking about people to send stories in of when they've been unable to not laugh in situations when they shouldn't laugh. And I sent the story of when we'd first got Mingus, and I'd come round because it was a tiny little adorable kitten, yeah. and we had a little a bouncy ball, and you and me were sat on the floor bouncing <laughs> a ball to right, each other, yes. and he's running back and forth, <laughs> and I bounced the ball to you. And you didn't catch it, and it hit you in square in the in the forehead. Which that's when the laugh started, and then in slow motion, Mingus flew through the air, claws out, and scratched your face. <laughs> a, a li- thankfully, you closed your eye, but literally there were three claw marks across your eyelid and kind of on your nose. And I just was in tears of laughter as you were rolling around, being going, like, ah. "Ah, this really hurts." And I was like, just in tears of laughter at the the, the, the ridiculousness of this situation. Yeah, a poor Mingus has never learned how to keep his claws in either. No, no, it's true. He, he, he'll come and play, but scratch you yeah. you violently. So another thing I wanted to talk about is gigs um, and XFM because I always remember. Um, a, when I was doing the beatdown, you'd stay up and tweet in regularly, yep. and it'd kill me that you know most of the music that I'm going to be playing. I mentioned uh, Ben in City we were going to be on, and you were requesting specific songs from Ben in City. <laughs> um, you've, yeah, I mean, you tune in a lot, you've chatted, you've, you've texted in numerous times, you've on, tw- on Twitter, a young fathers have replied to you when you've been tweeting about their gigs <laughs> and all things like that. So, how's that been? Because it's only. Not I. I don't want to claim responsibility, but I think uh, when I started gigging, it's got you coming out to shows. Absolutely, and then you've kind of caught a lot of stuff since, and kind of yeah, yeah had some good, and I, good I've times. I've always, I've always liked music now rather than music then. Yeah, yeah. I like music of the past, yeah. and there's lots of, and I think music gives you memories as well. So yeah, there's sure. lots of stuff that I absolutely adore, but I don't want to. I don't live in just listening to the the older music. Yeah, I yeah. like to sort of, um, and I think both both of um, you and Ian sort of have given me lots of things to yeah. listen to that yeah. I'm open to. I, I enjoy. Um, always let you two use to choose the CDs when I remember we were coming. In cars. I, I remember coming home once, <laughs> and you were 
cleaning, which is a sh- shock in itself because yeah, you're not a fan not, of cleaning. Not, not a, no, Anyone who's been round to our house will know that it's famous that <laughs> it gets a bit m- m- messy. It never gets dirty, <laughs> no. but it gets m- yeah, messy. Yeah. So the fact that you were cleaning... It's, it's tidier if there's warning. <laughs> but, but you were cleaning... And you had the iPod on with Sway's first mixtape, <laughs> which is an amazing mixtape. And Sway is a G, I, I love it. But it was just so weird to come in. And I think it was it was either baby father or, or ex-boyfriend. Um, and it was like, right, this is bizarre. And, and the Mitchell brothers as well. The Mitchell oh, brothers yes, would Mitchell come on. Yeah. <laughs> again, that's so bizarre. But that was fun. Well, let's wrap things up by talking a bit about a libraries, because that's been your life for a long yes. time now. Yeah. Um Everyone always assumes I'm quite a, a well-read, which I took more after Dad on 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 mm. the lack of vegetables and fruit and the yeah. lack of, of reading as a kid. Yeah. Um, b- but you and Ian were always huge readers, yeah. numerous uh, books on the go, and you've worked in libraries for a long time now. Um, probably the reason I ended up doing that that poem about our libraries for Six Music was mm. influence of growing up in libraries yeah. with you, and also when uh, uh, me and Dan Lassac, I think it was in two thousand and Ten, maybe two thousand eight, uh, eight like or ten, around remember, that time, yeah. did a tour of libraries, and it was all partially booked. And I got a polite text off you saying, "If you're doing a tour of libraries and not playing one of my libraries, <laughs> then you know, then don't bother coming round for Christmas <laughs> or something." So, cross. so we did add a Gray's Library date in Absolutely, there, and we played yes. that. But yeah, what was your intro into libraries, and what's been your experience and? Again, I think libraries are hugely misunderstood. The fact that before I did that, like when I was at college, I remember you putting on acoustic gigs in Coynham Library. I remember a guy called Natan, who we went to college with, who was a ginger guy who loved Kurt Cobain, him doing an acoustic gig in Coynham Library. And you were always adamant that libraries aren't shh place, you know. There's manners and respect, but it's a place for, for the... For the local area. Absolutely. And I think people, when people talk about culture, Mm. they forget that books are part of culture, you know, and and it it is frustrating. I think libraries are quite... The people that use them love them. Mm. The people that don't use them don't really get them. And they don't understand that actually we're... we're, um, we're information specialists yeah. and there's lots of things that libraries can help with. Um, and I, th- I think I mean, it's I could very a, sad the way the libra- libraries are yeah, being closed. I could do a whole podcast of Ian's yeah. library stories oh, of yes. just people coming in and asking for stuff. And a lot of people have asked um, me to have Ian on. I will at some point, but in the politest way, I decided he needs his own episode. because oh, absolutely. There's, there's, so absolutely. Many, there's so many good stories and stuff where he's influenced me on that. But yeah, his, his library stories. Yeah. Have, and again, it always highlights that it's not just people coming in and taking out books. They're coming in for help on Abs- all sorts of things, anything, anything yeah. in life I to mean, do with I, the council, anything. I got asked once how to repair a bouncy castle. Yeah. And we found the answer. Yeah. Um, one of my colleagues was, guess, wanted l- a, uh, a skeleton of a swan. Yeah. Wow. We got it for, you know, and, and that's that's what libraries do. And when you, you killed had, a um, swan. <laughs> <laughs> no, we found a picture of us. Right, okay. Jesus. <laughs> but, but we, I mean, he, he, con- he, in the end, he rung up, um, I, know, I can't remember, but he, he rung a college and yeah. got there and finally found it. And that's what we do. And when you had a, full uh, fact on, yeah. uh, that just so resonated because that's what libraries in the past did yeah. as but where they've been what's cut and cut, check, what's to cover? they don't, they're not, whilst they still do that, 
they can't do it to the same degree as they used yeah. to. Not the smaller libraries. Some of the big and libraries again, still it's, do. And again, it's that thing of... It, just saying it there, it makes me realise that libraries were essentially the internet pre the internet. Absolutely. You'd go yeah. there to find anything out. And the yeah. sad thing now is you've got the internet for that, but it's so unreliable and unfact-checked and un, 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 unsourced. So yeah. you kind of, you go to the internet for all your, your, your fact-checking and information. Anyone could have posted that. It's often, yeah. whereas yeah. in the libraries it tended to you be you'd find the actual sources, sources and find the yeah. right yeah. the right story. Yeah. And, and, and like for a fact, there. you look at the different sources and, and come up with the, the right answer yeah. um, f- through that. So, yeah, I do think it's sad that libraries aren't... Um, that libraries are having to fight to yeah. survive. And really fight, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's end on, I remember, and this is just to go back to me being... A weak sissy of a child. Um, I mean, as you'll contest, I was a I was a mama's boy. I couldn't go on on scout camps. I'd, you'd generally have to come and pick me up because I'd cry because I wanted my mum and yeah, dad there. You even developed fake German measles once, really? Because yeah, you came up. You, you li- really had a rash, um, and I took you to the doctors, and he said, "No, this is this is a stress thing. It's it's." A fake, yeah. because you didn't want to go on I wanted on to be at home. But I, so I took you anyway. But I, brilliant. <laughs> I, I love it. It's weird. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, but I remember being in tears one night when you'd got a new job, because you'd got a job at Chadwell Library, and I'd heard that that was a scary and dangerous library because they had the windows broken regularly. Yeah. And as a kid, again, I'm, I'm talking young here, yeah. and I was so scared, I was like, as if you're going to work in the, the ghetto and help gangs, you know. And it's fairly rough in, in Chadwell, but it's fairly rough all around all here. Right, There's yeah, a lot of rough, yeah. you know. But I remember that and remember being scared. And again, another story I'm going to talk more about Dad, uh, with Dad, which I've just remembered, is when we went there one day and... To move the shelves. To move, uh, one when Sunday, we went there and someone had broken in. You came to help me move some shelves. Yeah. Um, and... We caught some people <laughs> trying to dig the safe out with an yeah. open fork. Yeah, and Dad had to, to s- s- yeah. sit on them, if I remember <laughs> rightly, until the police they came. They did but... say it wasn't them. They'd, they'd seen somebody else do it. Bless them. Right. But, yeah, we'll get to that story in more detail with Dad. Well, thank you very much. That well, was thank a, you. a delightful ch- a chat and it's flown by. as scary as I thought. No, no, it's been fine. I mean, you've... It's not like you've not been interviewed on Six Music before, talking well, about libraries, and you know you're a, a regular celebrity in your own right. So it's fair, but yeah, thank you very much. And thank this is you. this is the the first chunk of the birthday special. Superb. Cheers. Right, that was my mum. You've all met her. You can now all go and follow her on Twitter, and please do. It'll stress her out so much. I love stressing out my mum I'm such a horrible son but it'll be hugely entertaining if you all go and follow her on Twitter and Instagram because she's so polite and will answer every question and and be all overwhelmed um so that's fun um what happened after that was me and my mum I I went and had some lunch and then my dad was heading round and he 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 drove past us on the way so he then 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 I walked up to where we were having lunch and we I I walked back together then my mum went home and my dad sat down and we had the following chat so hope you enjoy this one right i'm now joined by my dad um so dad i don't know your actual name um <laughs> no of course it's chris so chris, chris to everyone i know you're here yeah, yeah. so 
Christopher to me mum when I'm being bad. Yeah, of yep, course. Yep. So thank you for coming and having a chat in my living room. It's That's quite right. informal. Makes a nice change. Yeah, yeah. I don't even invite anyone around much, so you know, there's, no, that's a no, good we've reason. St- we still not had the house warming. No, <laughs> I've not. I've, I, I don't feel I've moved in properly yet, but yeah, I, I will get there. We're just going to talk in in general. Um, but as I said on the one I've just recorded with mum, I don't I don't want it to just be a here is the story of my life. Do you know what I mean? yeah, Even though no, it's my birthday no. special. So let's start with your growing up. You grew up in South London and had a, a working class up, upbringing. So, oh, very so, much so, yeah. So, so how was that? I know your dad, he worked in a pickle factory. Yep, well, right right at the beginning, I was born in Camberwell. Yep. Um, and then went up to the higher echelons of summer, as salubrious as Peckham. As, yeah. Uh, is very famous nowadays and getting quite a place to live. But yes, I went to... Or a lot of South is being turned around now, isn't it? Clapham, all that area now where my brother used to live in Clapham, that's very... uh, You you won't get a flat under a quarter of a million there. Yeah, and And it used to be rough as hell. I even remember from my teens of going to gigs in Brixton and stuff like that. You'd keep your wits about you. You'd keep your wits about you in South London, whereas now it's becoming quite a... Hip area. It's almost, yeah, it's almost a Ponzi sort of area. Yeah. Um, but yes, no, so brought up there, went to uh, my primary school in in, uh, in Peckham, yep. and then on to the Bishop Thomas Grant School in Streatham, which is where I met mum, yep. as, as it happens. Um, left there with uh, one O level in art, because uh, yeah. I fancied the art teacher, basically. <laughs> um, that was uh, my story, and I was sticking to it. But we were travelling to and from yeah. uh, Streatham, uh, from Peckham to Streatham in those days, which was a adventure in itself. Uh, getting the train each day. Uh, the infamous, I got beat up on the train one night coming home. All right. And uh, my eldest brother Mick. I was going to say, I'm sure Mick had something to say me. about that. At a later date, he sorted it out. We went to the school where these guys came from, and he uh, he made sure they never did it again. Let's put I'm, it that way. I'm, I mean, let's touch on on Mick briefly then, because he's someone that you talk about a lot and look up to a lot absolutely he, yeah he's your older brother sadly i never met him he died when he was no, was he how old he was died he? in 1974 the year yeah. we got married strangely enough yeah she died that year yeah. in the march of that year um yeah he was a it was a tough he was tough a tough guy. guy he was a bouncer he some, by trade some some rough people and was yeah. a bouncer by trade and a, a bouncer by trade and a car mechanic yeah um, he used to do a bit of both um bodybuilder um, he had the infamous uh, various veins, as my mum called them, they were called varicose veins. Yeah. That because of his weightlifting, he used to let she have drawn out of his legs every couple of years. Wow. Because they came up grim. like marbles. Yeah. And that was something, and uh, that was all to do with the, the lifting weights. But it was about six, seven. He weighed about 19 stone. Yeah. There wasn't much fat on him in that 19 stone. He and was people, a big, and big people guy. didn't a mess with him in general. It, it was a, I haven't been over to Basildon for a while, but you see bouncers or doormen yeah. outside the. Uh, the clubs now and they're all in bomber jackets and black t-shirts yeah. he was the old school he was the dinner jacket yeah black bow tie um and he used to the i suppose the only downside of mick was um his eyesight clearly wasn't as good as he thought it was because yeah. often if he was running someone out the emergency exit their head would catch the door on the way out which <laughs> yeah didn't always help um, a terrible accident yeah he used to work the locarno down at streatham he used to work one of the clubs in the pearly way at croydon and as I say, he was also a motor mechanic. And again, another uh, uh, unfortunate side, he dropped a battery from a car, literally on his toe one day. Oh, wow. And he was probably working in trains yeah. or something like that. No protective gear in those days. And uh, that forever gave him um, ingrained toenails, which mm. doesn't sound too dramatic, but in those days he, he didn't bother with chiropodists or things like that. He used to 
cut his toenails with a hacksaw, basically. Wow. Because they were Damn, sort of over hardcore. a quarter of an inch to three-eighths thick. Jeez. Eventually, he had them removed, a bit like yourself. Yeah, I've had <laughs> um, a toenail removed recently. Toenail. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, that, that was Mick. And, uh, yeah, sadly, he died uh, back in, as I say, it was 74. Yeah. And I was still quite... That was a hell of a... But- but I said, there's there's always been tons of stories of Mick. I love. Um, I always remember hearing that he'd have his his windscreen wipers uh, squirt a turn to the side, and he'd well, he slow down at down bus stops. Stretton High Street, we go up and people. down Stretton High Street in his jeep. Yeah, and he'd turn the windscreen washer things yeah. to the passengers or the roadside. And as we go up and down the high street, he'd squirt that, and everyone sort of stop putting their umbrellas up. Yeah. it's going to rain. I always remember a um, story that I mean. Oh, we can talk about a sadly, and that isn't isn't with us anymore. But um, yeah. she, she was one of her proudest gifts was when she thought uh, Mick had forgotten her birthday and he bought her a, a, a rubber plant. I Almost. think it was. It was Mother's Day. Oh, Mother's Day. It was, was it. Mother's Day, and he brought her a gorgeous, fully grown, very matured, uh, huge, huge rubber plant that she yeah, was so excited about that he'd actually bothered to and, and remembered. Yeah, and uh, he turned up mid afternoon on Mother's Day Sunday, whenever in March. And it wasn't until a couple of days later that uh, I went round for something or other and um, I think Mick turned up and she said, oh, I went out to buy some of that um, baby bio leaf shine, she mm. said. I couldn't get, there was so much grease on that plant. She said, you really should have taken it back. Where'd you get it from? And he couldn't, obviously he didn't say where he got yeah. it from. Basically, he he helped himself to the rubber plant as he exited the Wimpy Bar in the Heck of My Street. <laughs> so and I'd imagine uh, he walked up on the high street and seen yeah. some, some mention of Mother's Day on the way there and thought, right, I'll go and yeah, he, I'll he, take he, this. He probably remembered himself. it or saw someone buying a card or giving the card or something like that. And he, yeah. he thought, oh, yeah, goodness, I've forgotten all about it, so I'll go and uh, get my mum son. And he helped himself to a rubber plant exiting. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't added to the bill. I have a feeling he probably nicked it. But yeah. So, never it, knew. I mean, again, there's, there's more... I've, I've got... Some notes, but instantly stories are flooding b- back now. So your 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 school years, uh-huh. you were a bit of a tear away at that point. Um, there was a point where you were one of the early adopters of the skinhead, right? And <laughs> yes, um, that's right. Yeah, very early because uh, my mum used to send me uh, every couple of weeks down to the barbers, and it was never short enough. Yeah. Uh, so I just went in there one day and said, "Do a, I don't know, number one all over." Yeah. And uh, she sent me when I when I got in. Uh, she went mental because this was a bit pre skinheads yeah. as such, yeah. and she said I look like a hooligan, a, yeah. a criminal, and I should be inside. I look like a yeah, literally a jailbird. Yeah, but um, no, there was lots of lots of incidents. You set the but, cricket pitch on fire. No, no, or, no or was it the cricket pitch? Right. You did something. It was, it I need to, you know, the it was gym. The gym. There we go. Right. I, 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 as I, said, I left school. I left school with one O eleven art, which got me my job. As it happens, yep. we'll touch on that later. Yeah. But. Um, more importantly, yes, um, I used to sadly smoke in those days, as it was hard, it was yeah. you know, a good thing to do, as, as we were told, and uh, I was smoking in, I think it was a science or geography exam in the gym at Bishop Thomas Grants, and when, obviously, someone came around a bit close when we were doing this exam, I put it on the floor, meaning to stamp it out, and I didn't, what mm. happened, it caught, because on the floor, being a nice polished wood floor, they put these sort of tarpaulins over it, yeah. because they were having exams in there. And that started a fire, and the whole place was exited. And uh, oh I, I was encouraged to. What was the term? Why don't you leave early rather than be expelled? I yep, think was I'm not reason. proud of any of this. Trust me. No, by the way, not I mean now. I'm only going to touch on one more. But there was one, and again, I'd forgotten. <laughs> only one more. These are all things that are coming back. But there was an assembly, and I believe you were at a school, a, a similar to mine, in fact, where at assemblies they'd play the Angelus or something. Something would right, get played yeah. out, and didn't you do? I'm sure you said at one point that you. 
were in charge of playing that out and played something completely different or have I remembered that wrong yeah no I think you have remembered that I I can't I'm not (laughs) saying you remember it wrong I just literally I can't remember it yeah yeah Um, well, that's all good. I mean, oh, we no, can move right. on from yes, that. Yes, yes, there was. It was uh, it was something to do with madness. We actually, yes, I was, I, I like to get involved in the sort of sound yeah. sort of equipment stuff. And on the assemblies, each year had to do an assembly yeah. or each uh, year group had to do an assembly. And I think this was towards, again, towards the end of my schooling. Um, we were given it and there was, um, we were conduct Bishop Thomas Grants for about 10 years. We did fundraisers and all these kind of things. Um, supposedly to buy this really lavish indoor swimming pool. Yeah. And after I think the school children and their parents and the local community had raised about 15 grand, Mm. um, they went and said, oh, we've changed our mind. It's going to go for a new organ for the hall. Unbelievable. So we all felt a bit You can't swim in an organ. You can't swim in an organ. No, an organ. (laughs) Yeah, let's not go there. (laughs) But... uh, yeah, so we all felt a bit conned, and therefore I think it was around that time that we heard that, and as you say, I can't remember what the tune was. It's meant to be played out. Actually, I, I confuse it, because I'm, I'm sure I've seen in a film somewhere something similar, so I'm probably mixing my memories, but in my mind you yeah. played a one step beyond by Madness That's instead what, yeah, of what... I was going to say, it was yeah. Madness. It was definitely Madness, and it was probably was one step beyond. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, you know, everyone sort of got up to... To, to file out as usual and as you say either yeah. the Angelus or some other well known yeah. favourite top ten hymn of thing, the Catholic yeah. school would normally be played and uh, it, we, we we led that in the original start and as people are filing out to leave the hall it then kicked into madness yeah and just yeah the place yeah. erupted it was quite Splendid. hilarious it really so was. I mean in total three brothers and one sister so Pat uh-huh. was your older brother um, yep. as well I always enjoyed again I'm just th- th- throwing stories I enjoy in here but I always remember enjoying hearing that when he got the job as one of I think it was the first or one of the first label managers at Trojan Records That's from right, coming yeah. home and telling your mum yeah. and she was so proud and it wasn't until months l- later you realised she thought he, he was, was in charge sticking the labels on yeah he was yeah. in charge of sticking <laughs> yeah. the labels on yeah. the records and yeah, because again, beautiful uh, working class outlook that you're just delighted at that. That's amazing that you've that's got all, that yeah, job. That we'd actually, he'd actually got a job because he was the one with the gold Lambretta as well. Yeah, he gave up his uh, further schooling, if you like. Yeah, uh, the opportunity because he saved that for a gold Lambretta. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, he was head of uh, Trojan or uh, label manager. At and Trojan. has always like remained and in music. And oh in yeah, he's still the in there now. He's still from uh, from, late, owns... from his own labels to publishing to radio. That's right, yeah, one of his most famous. I think he's still got him on his label. There's a guy I only saw mention on Twitter from mm. Ian. Uh, sorry, mm. Neil Meads, his yep. son. He went to see Lee Scratch Perry. Yeah, yeah. Um, not so long ago. I'm only talking about the last yep. five weeks, and I, I, I assume. Neil was following him because of uh, Pat's connection with it. Because yeah. Lee Scratch Perry's songs were always orig- or certainly were original. Originals on, with Pat. On Pat's I, labels, again, yeah. I remember talking to Pat about like when I got older and was into music and hearing that he had worked with with a legend like Lee Scratch Perry and Pat saying, "Yeah, the last time I saw Lee, um, he made us all leave the studio at gunpoint." Um, because he wanted to finish the record on his own, and because he's known yeah. for being eccentric and nuts, just a and bit. Like, yeah, I never really kept in touch after that. <laughs> I, kind of, yeah. I, I left him to yeah. it after that. Yeah. It's always a good one. But then, um, so John is younger. He's my younger brother. Mary yeah. is younger? He's the youngest. Yes, he's the youngest. She was um, my parents being good Catholics. I'm not sure what kind of uh, contraception methods. <laughs> 
they took. But in fairness, Mary came along quite a few years after yeah. uh, John, probably eight or nine years after. And it was my dad's dream come true yeah. to have a little girl. He loved yeah, all yeah, the boys, yeah. obviously. But to have his little uh, his, his little girl was... Uh, yeah. He was the happiest man in town, I'll tell yeah, you that. Of course. And, I remember, and that was tough. All right. He was a manager of a... A pickle factory, Haywood's Pickles. I still eat them today. Um, that was down uh, Birding Bush Road, again in Peckham. Yeah. And he was the manager down there, which uh, was a great treat for us as, as children, uh, long before, you know, we, we already talked about my school life, but prior to that, yeah. Um, when we was at the primary school in, in Peckham, um, yeah, he would be working there. We'd go down on a Saturday to clean our, our, uh, our car. We had a Vauxhall Viva from memory, a maroon Vauxhall Viva. Yeah. Um, that Mick later on took off us um, for his first car and he drove through a roundabout instead of <laughs> round a roundabout yeah. and wrote it off. But we used to go Tough. down there and clean the car and uh, I'd help him um, sort of tidy up from the previous week's production because he was a sort of production factory manager. Yeah. Great atmosphere. You'd go in there and there'd be, um, goodness me, I don't think, apart from my dad and probably two other four people, the rest of the factory were Nigerians, Africans, Ghanaians, yeah. Kenyans, Wonderful people who have a, a fabulous... Uh, I always remember the kiddies' part. We used to have a Christmas party for all the children. Yeah. Um, and we used to go along to that as, you know, the boss's son. They used to... They, they knew how to party. And it, it wasn't yeah. a pr- particularly drunk party, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot of booze around. But the uh, Africans in general and the Ghanaians, and they just know how to party and enjoy themselves. I mean, that's, a, that's great as well from an early age, particularly at a time like that, I guess, in the UK, to have had that upbringing in... With multiculturalism, with uh, surrounded by people of different colours and cultures, and have that there. That's kind of yeah. That wasn't yeah. Not not just from the factory point of view, but in in general, Peckham and Camberwell was yeah. very much in the elk anyway. Yeah, um, it was nothing. Um, you hear so many you know stories. I think one of the things I remember telling you about, or certainly Mum might have mentioned, mm. was uh, many moons later when we exited because uh, we moved into Streatham behind the ice rink when we first got married. Yeah, and then we moved down here. And I had, to, I think I had to go over to Basildon to pick my car up because it had been in for a service or something. And uh, I came back and I said to, I said to Jenny, I said, really weird, I was sitting on the bus and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And bearing in mind we'd been down here at least a year by then. Mm. And then I realised there was a couple of black people on the bus. And I hadn't literally seen black people around here. Yeah. And it was that weird. And it wasn't until... Um, I got home that I realised that I was just niggled on the bus saying, what's going on? There's something not there's, quite there's, right. And I couldn't figure out what different. it was. Because, yeah, we were so excited when we moved out of and Streatham. It, yeah. Go and on. again, it's, it's fascinating because I think that, that it, it explains a lot. I mean, not to get too serious right now, but Thurrock is one of the UKIP strongholds at the moment. Yes, absolutely. And I think yeah. that's part to do with it is it's only in recent years that we're finally getting that wave of multiculturalism and we're having people or a larger amount of people from larger all amount, different because I, I always remember always been one or two when families you, you and Ian were at uh, St Joseph's yep. in Stanford and you came home oh the, what was the guy's name Lampeter Myers Lampeter the Myers Lampeters yeah Myers, Myers Lampeters I think um, obviously this was a Catholic uh, primary school Dino and, they, and, jo- and Jonathan I think that's right, yes and they were both uh, black Children, kids, yeah. kids, and I remember you coming home and talking to because they'd only just come into the yeah. school. They, they came in mid-term for some reason, probably just um, transferred over here from. I'm not sure if they were Ghanaian or Nigerian or whatever. And um, he came home. He said, "Oh, we got two new kids." And I'm talking to you were sort of five or yeah. six. And I said, "Well, w- what's different about?" It? He said, "He got really curly hair." 
Yeah. Didn't mention the colour of his skin. Yeah, yeah. Really curly hair. And it was I remember hard. Being it was hard hair. Genuinely ex- excited. And yeah. it's, it's stupid. I get excited now as I walk down the street and see more and more people of different ethnicities yeah. around here because it's something that is new and we are, yeah. are late to in this in this area. So yeah, it's genuinely yeah, it's an exciting thing because I think whilst we're going through a period of people like idiots are, are like are you, are you keep drumming up hate because of these new cultures coming in, mm. I think it's all in the right the, 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 the direction that eventually they'll all get get get, get used to it and get comfortable. Uh, and I, don't, I don't know the real reason behind that because it was weird because normally South London and me and your mum, although mum was from Posh Beckenham in yeah. real life, um, but that was still the South Side. Yeah. Normally, when kids moved out of there to get somewhere to buy, they moved into Kent. Yeah. We came to Essex partly to do with my uh, job had a factory here, although yeah. I didn't work here at that time. I thought in my head there's a good chance I'll get transferred down there at some point. And per chance, what we bought down here was much, much cheaper than it's, Kent. That's why I, I, I still live in Stamford yeah, and have, have never left, because it's just reasonable yeah, compared, to, reasonable compared, compared to, to London. Again, it's yeah. interesting because I'll then talk to people, friends who, who, who live up north, and you realise how expensive Stamford is oh, compared, to compared to a lot of the rest of the country. But again, compared like to that. London, yeah. it's, it's, it's a godsend down here. Yeah. So, I mean, you worked in a the factory then. Uh, let's talk about that. You started off as a graphics... Oh, as a designer of the of of of, of military of, badges, of military badges. Yeah, you did yeah. At, at some point. You started essentially practically sw- sweeping the floors in a factory, didn't you? In in London, so I've always felt that's quite nice because you then climbed, obviously, pretty much. Yeah, um, it was w- funny. W- without much education, you made With your way in the art, job. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not proud to say. I'm not embarrassed to say. My mum found me my first job. Yeah, um, she looked through a, a local paper to uh, Peckham in those days. Was the South London Press? Yeah. Which is obviously Still the big, the big, big Millwall supporters paper. of Millwall. Yeah, big Millwall I've had paper, coverage yeah. in there, and it's meant there's been articles in there that have mean as meant as much to me as any others because it's the Millwall paper. It's like right, yeah, it's a paper to get. And she saw an um, an advert for a young trainee draftsman wanted, obviously needed artistic flair or artistic ability, and yeah. I had my one O level in art. Yeah, um, so, so I go. went along to a firm called Joseph Starkey's in Peckham, South London, and. In the factory there, I went for an interview, thankfully got the job, and I was training under a guy, I can't remember his surname, but he was Bert. He was a diabetic guy, quite mature in years when I went there, probably in his late 50s, and I was basically his assistant. Mm. But he didn't like having an assistant, so it wasn't very easy to get on with the work, and that's where you come into sort of sweeping up and tidying up. Well, these badges we used to draw were embroidered by girls, by hand, totally um, hand-embroidered and silks and gold wires and things like that and um, what I used to do was go around the room when I had nothing better to do because he didn't want me to do any drawing um, I'd go around the room where they did the gold embroidery and sweep up the gold now wow. I wasn't just sweeping up rubbish I was sweeping up gold because yeah. all these little threads the girls dropped and cut bits off you'd sort of get a pot of those together and eventually they were worth 500 quid which was a lot of money in yeah. those days yeah, it's, it's pure gold on, um, or it's a percentage of gold on silver Wow. So I used to be I used to sweep up gold. It wasn't just any old rubbish I used to sweep yeah. up, but it was sweeping up gold and silver threads. That's amazing. So, so then you you started working at, at Hobson's, which is where you spent your career essentially, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I've only ever had uh, two jobs in my life. One was at Starkey's, it was owned by Geeves and Hawks, and I don't know about four two years after I went there, I was made um I was in the factory and 
my the guy who was training me um sadly had a heart attack and mm. died um literally i think i was out at lunch and came back and he'd actually had a heart attack at lunch convenient um that you weren't there so, convenient that i wasn't there it, it happened three times <laughs> enough. it happened three times in my career and yeah you've got to be careful because that. that happened to him and then me being cocky said well i can do his job don't advertise for someone else yeah. i've only been there 18 months two years but I, I knew it was mainly drawing sometimes tracing and then um stenciling the design onto cloth for yeah. girls to embroider which now is predominantly done in uh, India and Pakistan, mm-hmm. apart from at Hobson's, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, yeah so I was doing that, and then about two years, uh, three or four years after that, um, the guy who was managing that small unit in Peckham still had a um, heart attack. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and again, they were going to bring in someone from the Portsmouth branch or something like that. And I said, look, well, give me a try. Let me see if I can do it, and if... In a year, I I can't do it. Bring someone else. I'm in. learning on the job. That's learning, kind of literally a... learning. I knew all the business. I knew. Obviously, I didn't know the accounts or the costing side. But not being rude, you pick up a badge. There's a bit of cloth in it. There's some wire. There's a lot of labour. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Yeah. So I managed to sort of get blag my way through that in some respects, and then lo and behold, the Geeves and Hawks of Savile Road decided this little unit because being able to import things from abroad getting easier was really costing too much it was a bigger too big overhead so again before um they made me redundant i knew they were going to so i put my uh name around the industry and there wasn't a lot of industry in that way mm-hmm. in certainly in the southeast so i wasn't planning on moving um away for it there's another company up in yorkshire that does a similar sort of thing so it's a very tight-knit community of companies and um, I found Hobson's, who had a factory at Creek Road, Deptford. Yeah. Again, very close to Millwall. Yeah. Um, uh, spent many, many, and I actually went there for a job interview to manage the factory. But yeah, start off in the office under the existing manager, a fellow called Colin Lane, yeah. who I'm seeing in a couple of weeks' time, strangely enough. Yeah. We're going to catch up. Um, and used to manage under him. Was he the first one that didn't have a heart attack? Yeah, no, he's still alive. He had, a heart, he had a heart attack on the golf course about five <laughs> oh, right, years ago. The minute he retired, <laughs> he, he joke, started yeah. playing golf and he had a heart attack the minute yeah. he retired. I mean, uh, I always remember fine. the Deptford's um, a factory because we'd go there before Millwall and, That's right, and yes. before football games yeah. and we'd play with the... Play on the roof with the guns. on the roof with the decommissioned guns because one of the things you <laughs> made at Hobson's was, holsters. was holsters and stuff. Yeah. So you had to have properly weighted versions Very of Lugers, guns, of, yeah. of, of revolvers, yeah. of what the police yeah. used and all sorts. And yeah. that was heaven to children to go, we can play with That's real right. guns you, on the you, roof. Uh, Ian and Me Ricky. and Ricky, yeah. And we'd be in the basement or on the roof, literally on the roof, uh, chasing yeah. around like uh, Starsky and Hutch in yeah. those days. Yeah. And yeah, as I say, it was the old Browning uh, 9mm, the yeah. Wolf of PPK. Yeah. There was a Smith & Wesson and a Luger. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much got it. Four guns we had. But yeah, that was the most crazy. popular guns in the British and yeah. European militaries. And we use those to make moulds to make the holsters from. Yeah, so but, um, so Hobson's a, 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 a very old company, a traditional b- b- British company, and they're in the business of uniforms for the military, or whether that be for a- active duty or display, um, the, yeah, and they make the, the colours for troop in the colour and all things like That's that. That's the biggest so, claim to fame these yeah. days, is the colours for troop. They're still the makers of those. They're the only company that makes handmade. them purely handmade. You'll see a couple of weeks, well, second weekend in June it was this year, the Troop in the Colour. You see a big flag that the Queen presents. Mm. Most people haven't got a clue what goes into that, yeah. um, unless they've seen the BBC programme that sometimes they run yeah. before it. But, um, 
Yeah, that's a four foot by three foot flag. It's presented to each of the guards regiments each year. So last year, I think it was the Welsh Guards. Yeah. But they get a new colour every 20 years. Not every year, every 20 years, yeah, each wow. battalion. But that colour will take between five and 600 hours for one girl, and it is still all girls, yeah. um, to hand embroider. The gold wire, the silks, um, there'll be four, five to 600 hours of That's pure crazy. hand embroidery. Um, I'm not at liberty even now to say how much they cost. Yeah. Um, but when you look at what they cost and then put them against a 20-year life, yeah. it's very good value for money. The, yeah. the regimental colour was in the old days what the the troops um, in Wellington's battles and all that used to march uh, on horseback out in advance with the colour showing so the troops knew where to go. Yeah. And they sort of, that was a very revered item. Even now, a, a, an old ex-used regimental colour is never binned. It's always put yeah. in the, the regimental church or the cathedral. Yeah, yeah, you go to good. Winchester Cathedral and there's a hundred different colours in there yeah. um, from all the regiments. So, so how long are you with Hobson's? Again, it's, it's nice that there's that it's a rarity these days for someone to pretty much spend their whole it's career of, yeah, cause really t- with a company. Say, two jobs. And you're retired um, now, but you retired from Hobson's. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, my first job was Geese and Hawks or Starkies, which was probably only about... Um, I started work straight out of school at 16 till I was about 21, 22, I suppose. So, mm. yeah, five or six years there, and then 34 years, 35 years at Hobson's. 34, 35 years. Starting again in the office... Um, I was doing some talks down at the local Hathaway Academy recently, career talks, yeah. and I sort of made a point of boasting that, yeah, I left school with one O level in art. Yeah. I left under, not under a cloud, but was yeah. asked to leave rather than be expelled. And then no matter what you do, as long as you and, work hard, put your head down, you still yeah. get to the top. So say, and then the teachers asked you to leave because you're not really encouraging well, the kids no, in no, the right see, way. I, I gave both sides of School's that. School's not important. Yeah. No, I gave both <laughs> sides of that. I said, that was the way I did it. And it yeah. took me 18 to 19 years to get to the top. Yeah, yeah. I said, whereas now, when before I left, I employed a, a graduate. Yeah. He had two years' work experience on the job and he yeah. achieved... Straight up there. In about eight or nine years, what took me 18 years. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I wasn't encouraging yeah, them to yeah, no, uh, set the school on fire, get caught smoking and be asked to leave. Yeah. What I was saying was you can take massive shortcuts to get to the top. We don't take but as long, long as you put the hard work in as well, regardless. Yeah, yeah the it's hard not... work. I, I think when I was made a director, I always remember one of the other managers came up to me and he was quite jealous and annoyed because he'd been there probably another five or six years before me. Yeah. Um, and said, yeah, well, yeah why, why have you, uh, just because just you're friends with Colin and blah, blah. I said, no, no, no. He said, uh, I just said, I just, he said, um, I've given 110% to this company. I said, well, yeah, for a start, you can't. Yeah. You can yeah. only give 100%. Wrong, inaccurate. Um, and, I, and all I said was, yeah, I've Hyper worked wild. hard. I've learned. And, and what I did, what was different to a lot of people, was I actually went around my factory and tried to make everything. I couldn't make a hat to save my life, but yeah. I tried. So when I'm selling that hat, I know if something goes wrong, what goes in, there's 26 components in a hat. Yeah. I tried to make a pair of trousers. Yeah. I was taught how to make everything. Not well, but that way I fully understood how things were made. I was amazing at making the badges. Again, me <laughs> yeah, and Ian yes, have both you, worked there yeah, at some point. Worked, yeah, come yeah, and, yeah. and again, we've, again, it's, Always get it's the good that in. we had the upbringing of... of grafting. Of, 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 of grafting. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've worked... In, in in that factory, in several other f- factories, I've I've delivered big bags of flour. I've worked in pizza exactly. in H and V. You know, I've always it's it's different because again, it's not that career, but it's always been that thing of right. No, 
And that's, that was again where this is where the, the grounding comes into because to understand the business and to become a director and a sales director, international sales director, whatever you want to call it, you need to know everything that goes on in the works, factory yeah. because when something does go wrong, there's nothing worse than sitting in front of a client, say in the Middle East or somewhere where he used to travel to a lot or in, in Ghana, and they say, Well, what, why did this happen? You haven't got a clue why. Yeah. At least when Don't you've know. got that wealth of knowledge, you can. Even if it's not the whole to- total truth, you can make something that sounds realistic enough to have been the cause for a fault. No one's perfect. Mistakes yeah. happen. So that was a good good side of it. And he, I say even in the latter years, three weeks before I retired, uh, we made a strategic decision for myself and my managing director to retire at the same time because of a, a structural problem and yeah. a cash flow problem. And we had to do things rather... I think I got six weeks' notice. I gave myself six weeks' notice of retiring. Yeah. And three weeks before I retired, on a Friday afternoon, a shipment of hats were coming in from Croatia. And I was down there unloading them off the van because yeah. everyone else had gone home. Most people didn't yeah. work Friday afternoons. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to keep grounded. You can't yeah. swan around in a little uh, managing director's no, office good. and not... Yeah, yeah know the, 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 you know, you've got to the know roots from of it. To bottom. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that. Um, well... One of the things we touched upon in the chat with Mum, and I said that we were going to get m- more into, is that trip to France and where I got my, my stutter. Trip to France, um, yes. or, we or where we believe I got my yeah, stutter. That's that where we found time. through yeah. through speech very free and through the hypnosis specifically. We found it, but let's—I mean, we'll get onto that. Let's just yeah. talk about that story. As as Mum told it, a wave literally just came and grabbed me. Yeah, yeah. and you had to come out and get quite it was, deep. It was one so. Of those things, like, I've always How been was brought it from your up, angle? Yeah, from from my let's let's go right back to the beginning, as, yeah. as I think you say in that song. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we were a family brought up on the annual family holiday. Yeah. So we always had one wherever it was. My mum and dad were the same. We used to go to Margate and Ramsgate yeah. and Dimchurch and places like that in a caravan. And we decided this year was going to go down to South uh, France. Wasn't it, it was a south. Yeah, I think it's more like the French Riviera. It's a place called Port del Bray. Yeah. Just an hour away from Biarritz so quite a nice area yep. key camp, key camp caravan it, yep. and we literally arrived um, you were probably I can't honestly remember four or five ish yep. um, we arrived we put all the cases we were so excited um, we put all the cases in the caravan we didn't unpack or anything and we walked through the sand dunes um, from the holiday park onto the beach and yes we were walking along uh, quite uh, normally, like you do, well, like you do, like you do once a year, walk along the beach, thinking how one you saw kiddies sort of, sort of skating on the beach on trays and things like that, very continental, yeah. very French, um, brilliant sunny day. And as we were walking along, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. You look round and you weren't there. Yeah. Then I could focus and I could see you'd gone, and I still don't know why. Why did you go? What happened? No idea. The wave came and took you. But this literally. is a bizarre thing here, right? Because I can't remember <laughs> why it happened. You weren't, you were small enough to walk on your own. You weren't too small. You didn't need to yeah. have your hand held. You could yeah. walk and you could fall and get up and whatever. And I kind of just drifted back on my own a bit, right? And yeah, you guys think, were ahead, yeah, you, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was probably talking to mum and we were just admiring the sort of scenery and everything else. And then literally within seconds, I think I noticed you were gone. And then when I looked to the obvious place was the sea, I saw you under the water going for a second time. Yeah. And then it was a, it was one of those things that you it's hard to describe it's not time stands still that's not true but I don't know if you remember back to something you can liken it to years and years ago there's a series called The Six Million Dollar Man right yeah, yeah. when he went really fast yeah 
to give that effect, they slowed it down, yeah, which really bizarre, didn't make it? a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was exactly how I felt, because no matter how fast I thought I was going, you seemed to be getting further, getting further and further, and further away. away yeah. I think it was three sort of uh, wave recedings, and on the third one, I grabbed the hand, and I grabbed your hand, literally, yeah. and just yanked. Yeah. Um, you were coughing and splatting. Yeah. I was really annoyed. I had my new trainers. They were absolutely yeah. knackered. Yeah. My yeah. new trainers were knackered. Again, I was so I, annoyed I mentioned in, in the one with Mum that the... the are you guys playing it down to keep me calm was one of Absolutely. them and, one, and you I, my, my main memory of it until I had the hypnosis and remembered a lot more was you being oh I've ruined my new trainers yeah so. well in those days when you went on the holiday you got a new shell suit yeah and you got new tra- shell suit yeah, right. <laughs> and trainers and uh, yeah and that was uh, I don't know if they were actually ruined I can't yeah, remember now yeah. but that was uh, one of them I you got out you were you didn't need uh, resuscitation or yeah. anything you coughed and splattered mm-hmm. you did look very pale and uh um, and I remember the first time we went back to the caravan itself. You looked in the toilet, and you couldn't you couldn't go to the toilet because you couldn't look at the water. Yeah, that's yeah. the one biggest thing I remember well, about that. Well, that's it. I mean, I I learned to swim quite late, and all sorts of things because of all of that. Because Absolutely. Of yeah, a, I don't think any, either Mum or me really had any idea what effect that. Yeah. Later on, as you say, it's, there's other. It's interesting because the, the it was so, so it was a. It's a bit like you could say someone fell off a swing and banged their head. Yeah, and fifteen you don't know years the damage later, it does, you don't yeah. know the damage it's so done. We had it no was, idea. It was years and years later when I was probably thirteen or fourteen or yeah. fifteen that I had hypnosis to try and and regress back and see and learn some That's of this. Right. It was literally, um, it was probably more eleven, twelve. Yeah, because I yeah. think you just left St Joe's and you was going off to um, Tommy Moore's. To Tommy Moore's, yeah, and. Yeah. And on that one, the things that she highlighted... Because, again, I didn't know that, that, that that's what we were looking for. She was kind of a traumatic experience. I was thinking, no, we I ain't got one. No. And then she kind of dug around, and we talked about a recurring dream I'd had. And I had these bad dreams that I'd wake up petrified and I, 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 unable to move. And the recurring dream was... Um, I'm in bed upstairs at, at number six at our old yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. I'm in bed upstairs, and somehow I know that there's a witch downstairs... And she's slowly coming up the stairs. Right. And my bedroom was across the hall f- from you and mum's and That's across right. f- from Ian. So kind of that bit. Yeah, um, and had, again, I had this up until that age and later. So, you know, a long time. Um, and I'd try and scream out and I couldn't scream uh, for help. Right. And I'd try and the witch would be coming closer and I'd be trying to scream but couldn't scream. And it was in the hypnosis that she said, that's um, a buried memory of when I was trying to scream and waves were going in my mouth. Exactly, so as you were yeah. saying to me, me, me going under, I'd been dragged out right. and every time I'd open my mouth to go and scream, the Water water would come in, in yeah. and, and I wouldn't be able to actually scream and scream yeah. for help. So again, completely un, unknowing. Yeah, at that but time that was, we didn't, uh, I say, apart from coughing and spluttering, um, yeah. I don't think you was you was shook up, but you weren't particularly unwell because you drank a lot of water yeah, or you no. wasn't, certainly wasn't gasping for air as such, but you were spluttering and coughing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, we didn't put any... Nothing like the importance on it. It wasn't until, as it's you funny, said, all those years later, ten years later, I, almost. I went to mention then, and it's something I've not mentioned before, but um, and it doesn't make any sense. But True Colours uh, by Cindy Lauper yeah. always reminds me of being on the beach then, which is weird. It wasn't playing then or anything like that. No, but no. there's a lot. I love Cindy Lauper anyway, so I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. Uh, but there's a line in that that just says, "You say go slow, I fall behind." And it just, it triggers some memory of me falling behind from, so you guys will be in ahead of me falling behind and then getting dragged out. And um, yeah, Yeah. a bizarre one of somehow, I guess I just, 
us playing or messing around or not concentrating and again no one knows no yeah um, there was no one around well, that, again it's the kind of, of thing you have a, a habit of because it brings back another memory now of being in Basildon once where I drifted off a little and then I reached up and grabbed your hand and looked across the square and saw you across the square and realised I just reached Grab up and grabbed some head. random man's <laughs> hand right, so yeah, yeah. again I have had a habit of getting yeah. lost wandering. in my own world a little bit and wondering yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah so that was a yeah, a big experience in the end, and then it ended up as such, but we had no idea when at the, the time. It I start, was. I started I, I come in. Have you got much memory of what different speech therapy I had and things like? Because other than the hypnosis, I've not got that much memory. I know we I went to a speech therapist, but yeah, no, you had, I never felt any really help that much. Or, no, I don't. I don't or made think a big it difference tremendously at all. Um, I think the things you've learned since the old tapping idea. Yeah, yeah. I think that seems wicked, to have helped a lot because yeah, yeah. I've actually spoken to other people who or not other people who've got stutters, but other people who know people. Yeah. And then I followed it up and said, well, did it help? And I think nine times out of ten, yeah. they did. I remember crazy, there was some there was some vocal exercises you had to do, and you had to say something to us, we had to repeat it, then you had to repeat it. And from memory, it was a... Was it D's and M's, I think, was your biggest struggle. Yeah, yeah. And um, we had to and deliberately W's. introduce those to try and get you over it. Yeah. Um, but it was always something, because when that happened, I remember there was a guy... I don't know if he was he's world famous, but he's certainly on Capital Radio. There was a singer called Christopher Rainbow. Right. Um, and he had a profound stutter. Right. But not when he sung. Yeah. Because you know what you're going to say. There's no surprises. Yeah, yeah There's yeah. no stress or tension. Yeah. Um, and I always remember listening to him in an interview. Um, and it, that was weird, because to hear him in an interview scenario, he was quite stuttery. Yeah. And yet then he'd I mean, say... And then I'd... Then he's, he'd recite a couple of lines of his uh, song, yeah, and it would be totally word perfect. I mean, I've had that a lot since I yeah. started the podcast and and the, and the radio show. A lot yeah. of people going, I never knew knew you had, you had a stutter. And it's one of them. Yeah. It's, it's something that I don't think about. I don't see it as something that's crippled me or held me back. It's something I've got anything, a good outlook uh, on, I guess. But yeah, I think it's, it's probably made you tougher in some respects. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, definitely. Because, again, at school, the first the first day of school, they're calling the register. Yeah. And you're, if I'm the kid that's stuttering on it, on my response, then that's an instant, you're an instant target, potentially. So it toughens you up a bit, because when you first start at school, you're looking, or you're kind of looking for someone else to be the victim. There's so it's kind of... there with your... Um, you happen to be called David Meads, D&M. Yeah, they're hard ones to, to say, aren't they, for yeah. me, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks, yeah, guys. No, I just remembered that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder, wonder if, if there was a, any connection there because yeah. that was something that was a stressful time and, to answer and your question. And P's as well. P's is my say middle name. David Meads. Did you actually yeah. have to say your name or were you? Or maybe, yeah. Yeah. I know, like you like that comic, Dylan Moran. Yeah, yeah. David Meads. Yeah. It'd be just as bad. That is weird, isn't yeah. it? It's, 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 it's the D's and N's. But yeah, it's, P's were also a tough one and W's. And yeah. it's an interesting one because um, speaking of people who had, had have stutters, um, a, a Ron Atkinson has got a stutter yep. and it's one of the it was amazing seeing a documentary or him talking about it or someone else talking about him having it and the way he says Baldrick and really punches out Baldrick in, in Blackadder right. that was because of his stutter, stutter. he had That's to, he he had to find a way yeah. to say in a really punch it out so yeah. b- 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 I can't say it but yeah. Baldrick you know <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah that was a kind of a, a fascinating one to me so. yeah no, that was uh, yeah I was saying that, I was saying and both me and your mum, we had no idea that would have had that effect that later yeah. on. Because we had the rest of the holiday, and apart from your aversion to going to the loo, which yeah. we want, we, I suppose we did. It's a good it holiday. It was an absolutely stunning holiday. I remember it was, getting painted up as a, um, a 
doing Cowboys and Indians. That's I remember right, there yeah, was a kid yeah. that me and Ian r- r- really liked, and we f- fully believed it when he had told us his name was Bum Bum, <laughs> and that was all we knew him. There was yeah. just this kid called Bum Bum, who's great, he's yeah. a lot of fun, but... Yeah, yeah. No, that was a really good holiday, yeah. I've had a lot of good holidays before that, and a lot after, but none yeah. as important in your life as, uh, yeah. as that one. As yeah, that one, that absolutely. had a, a hell of an impact. Um, well, let's mm. talk about... Um, we've talked about the work ethic and mm-hmm. the kind of the working hard and doing all this there's again I've warned you that we're going to discuss this because it's not something I've discussed before with you I, I want to talk about when you sat us down and said that you were were moving out and yeah. and, 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 and that you and mum were separating <coughs> so uh-huh. let's kind of start off with that with the stresses and because again as you'll know from the podcast I like to discuss a lot of things that are so common yeah. yet there's a taboo over and again there's that I'm going to be quite blunt here that there's nothing wrong with separating or getting a divorce. Absolutely not. As no. I said to mum, I'm delighted you both did that now because I think you both have and had far happier lives in, you know, in the context and everything that, that yeah, kind of went. Yeah, hindsight's, so. yeah, they always say hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And yeah, I, um, it's hard to imagine how it would have gone if we hadn't separated. Yeah. But the thing was... Because there was a lot of stress and pressure and you, you weren't happy. I lost a lot of weight. Um, I'd remember you occasionally, or, you know, to cope with things, having to go for long drives. Because right, if you've had drives. an argument, you're like, right, I need to get out because I don't approve like of any kind of, of violence or anything like that. But if, if, if arguments were getting that, that big, yeah. you'd say, I'm going out now. And a, a weird thing. Smoking I'm not sure a lot. how many people know about it. C- c- coffee. Coffee yeah. by the bucket load. Smoking, yeah. a, I was 30 plus a day in yeah. those days. I was, because of, everyone dreams of a, a perfect, happy life. We yeah. all do. That's what you, in real life, that don't happen to many people. Mm. Um, and it wasn't, um, I, I always say when people say, oh, oh, oh you, you're divorced. And I said, yeah. I said, I had 24 absolutely fabulous years. Yeah. And one really, that's probably exaggerating yeah. slightly. Yeah, 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 There's probably yeah, yeah. two or three where it was starting yeah, to change. Yeah. Only because we were changing so I was so... Um, not dedicated to my work, but it was so difficult in those days to bring up a family, pay a mortgage. You couldn't just play at work. You had to do it. Yeah. And I'm not saying people play at work now, but I, I do envy um, Jackie's uh, eldest, Emma. She's got two kiddies now. And her husband, he's got such a wonderful work-life balance. Mm. We didn't have that mm. so much in those days. Or it wasn't raved about Again, so much in those days. Again, it's different times, I think, because there's so we're getting closer and pushing closer to more kind of equalities, where it's not Absolutely. the man yeah. has to go yeah. out and do all the work and the woman yeah. brings up the kids. There's more comfortableness now with, right, you, you, you're both bringing up the kids, you're both bringing yeah, in some money or doing it, whatever is necessary. In a sense, we were in that transition period, and maybe that's part of the reason yeah. where, where it did go uh, wrong, because um, mum, as you know, has got a fabulous career within the library, yeah. and she's always had that in quite a senior position, and that was at the time she was taking that path. Yeah. I was taking my path to make my career better, um, always wanting to aspire to be not just a manager, but a, a director and a sales director, and, and yeah. literally great job travel the world which was fabulous but um yeah so i think it was more a case of going in opposite di- or different directions yes yeah. and i think in the back of my mind don't get me wrong not not everyone knows this although on the podcast they're yeah. gonna know yeah. my mum and dad very good catholics yeah as you say uh, five kids um they got a a missive from the pope after their 50th wedding anniversary. Right. So I've got it up in the loft at yeah. where I live now. 
and it's a sort of like a gold poster with I think it's the Last Supper on it, and it's signed by the Pope wow. at that time, which was Pope John the Third, I think it was. Yeah, congratulating them with their name on it, handwritten in italics and all wow. that. And two years after that, they separated after yeah. fifty-two years of marriage. Yeah, uh, admittedly, within a year of that, my dad was uh, passed. Sadly, again, but it's a, it, <coughs> it's another one where um, going and visiting a granddad in that year, he was so Down happy. And again, it's fi- that's that's a fine thing to choose if you yeah, both go right. We've we've put a lot into this. Let's the just hardest part chill. for them was they were <laughs> yeah. Catholics, and Catholics yeah. don't do that. Yes, certainly of to course. that generation. Um, and that's probably why they didn't do it because I remember. Oh, I won't. I can't go into details. It's yeah. too upsetting. But yeah. so many rows and fights, and yeah. horrible scenarios. That Where, probably taught me a little bit more about what I didn't want to do to my kids. We never got anywhere near that, me and mum. Exactly. And, and, and we didn't and, want to. And the pressure um, to not s- separate is what made that worse. The fact that you had to stick th- th- through it. And that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons yeah. I wanted to, to discuss this in the <coughs> chat was to say, look, if it's not right, then it's not a failure and not an accepting no. thing. But let's talk about the day. You you sat us down and told us because it was a very emotional. It's, it's something as I've, I've said before. I've that, wanted I wanted to write. I've 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 wanted to write something about it for years, yeah. but I've never been able to. And I realised podcasting is actually the the medium to 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 get this out and across because it was the first time I'd seen and my dad cry kind of thing because yeah. it was an emotional thing because yeah. no matter how much we know now it was the right choice at the time I feel there was a level of feeling that you'd. F- failed in some way or were failing Absolutely. us or failing you know well yeah no you so how was that? Every, it was just it was a weird it, it, it was the it was probably the worst day of my life yeah. i think yeah i can honestly yeah even even my older brother passing yeah obviously that affected me because that was when i was still quite young at 20 21 yeah. but now that was the worst day because you do feel yeah you definitely feel you've failed and i think with the stress of the whole scenario and me and mum sitting there and you and ian sitting there yeah and I don't know at that time if you had a clue what was going on. You had, as you'd noticed, I'd had to go out for drives. I had yeah. to get away. Um, it was one of those. <clears throat> it's one of those scenarios, and it's it's only happened two or three times in my life. Is when you sit down, and almost I think probably how you sometimes try and deal with your stutter, where you mm-hmm. pre-think what you're going to say. I'd been pre-thinking what I was going to say yeah. to you two, and what we were sorry, what we were going to say, me and yeah, Mum, of course. Um, and we pre-thought it, and none of it came out the way it was no, meant to. No, um, as you say, tears and uh, heartache, um, and your head feeling like it's going to explode. Yeah, because you're not actually wanting to say those words. Yeah, but you know, you know it's the right thing. Now, yeah, no, 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 I know it's the right, it was the right thing. Um, there's no question it was the right thing, but yeah, it's really choking me up now thinking of that day. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's that that beautiful thing that sometimes those things that are incredibly hard, you've you've not come to that decision lightly. Oh, so no, it's with an awareness that is. And uh, I mean, you were saying, wondering what, how much we'd noticed. I remember, and again, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I remember s- sitting at the at the at the top of the stairs when me and Ian were meant to be in bed at times yeah. when there were arguments going on yep. and wondering what's happening, not being distraught or distressed, but being no. there and being like. What the hell's no, going on? Not being able to sit in bed because you're kind of and then you nervous can't talk as to about what's happened because you're not meant to be listening. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, that was as I say that was the that actual day was the worst day. And I remember driving away after telling you, literally mm. going that 
pretty. I think it was pretty much that day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I um, rented a house in Third Avenue, yeah. uh, next door neighbour's old mum's house or yeah. something. So I, I felt I was close enough by. Yeah. But that first night, going to bed that night, I didn't sleep at all. Well, again, I can com- completely imagine. <laughs> it was weird. Just from twenty three, twenty four years life change. Yeah. Overnight. Or, or knowing from my own experience and knowing what a fraction is, but when there's been certain huge relationships I've felt yeah. I've had, this, the ending of that, I know there's been times where, again, it's been thought through, I've known it's right, but I've been in tears, I've been a mess. Absolutely. So escalate yeah. that yeah. to a family in 23, 24 years yeah, or whatever. Yeah, two sons, no matter how old. And I say, I know we talked slightly before um, when I turned up. Yeah. What age were you? We're not sure if you're 16, 17 or 18. Yeah, in, 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 in my respects, mind it was around 16, but I think you're probably right, it was probably more 17, 18, because yeah. I know I was at college, but yeah. it was probably the second year rather than the first year. So. But again, it was one of those things where, um, yeah, it was something you, you didn't want to do, but we felt we had to do yeah um and i think in hindsight it was it was the right decision yeah, rather completely. than end up hating each other you know we just walked back from down the high street prior to this talking and we've been out for a meal recently yeah. and yeah. um and long long may it last like that yeah. there's no reason why that should ever change yeah. because the best thing to come out of mine and your mum's marriage was you two yeah you, know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. and ian um, yeah we are awesome that, that is, that is I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs> but, it's so, um, so different ways, but absolutely awesome in two different and, ways. And again, it's 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 interesting as well because just talking on the on 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 how these things, how people can 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 react to these things. I always remember hearing years later that it was a big shock in the community because we'd gone to a Catholic school and gone to our church Catholic or whatever. School, so Catholic church. so people didn't know that when I there's issues, the it's very private when there's issues. Yeah, so yeah. that kind of that was years was later a, and made me snigger because I was like. Shut up! Get your own lives. It seems yeah, ridiculous no, that they're all going to be. Oh, have I, you heard? I remember because I, I wasn't. Away. Um, I wasn't. <laughs> I was. I can't remember if I was a director at that stage or not. I can't remember when I was made a director. Mm-hmm. But I remember going into work and announcing it. Yeah. And again, the same sort of thing. Shock horror. Because yeah. everyone knew Jenny. Every we, they we had Christmas dues. We had um, uh, trips to the theatre or whatever. And we used to have a sort of bit of a social club. So everyone knew you two. Yeah. Because you'd work there. Um, and they also knew uh, Jenny, so yeah, it was a great shock yeah. to them as well. But yeah, it, it was amazing. I'm not going to say how the community was touched by it, but how mm. how surprised it was. Because again, in those, I'm not going to say it didn't happen in those. Of course, it did. But it was normally because uh, as a result of half a dozen affairs or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Whereas that wasn't the case. This yeah. was a clear parting of the waves. Yeah, upsetting and heartbreaking. Mm. But for what we we thought, and I still think we were probably right. Well, for good reasons yeah and uh, and what's interesting there and i wanted to touch upon which i hadn't hadn't thought about before but i was at I'm, i know i was at college at the time because i had a teacher take me aside and say look i know you're going through some stuff at home time, yeah. so yeah. if you need extra time if you need to not come in every now and then and things like that and i had a good six months where i went off the rails not because i was so broken up but because i'd been given a reason to, to yeah. and i bunked off cons like in maths in particular because that teacher yeah. was so lovely and he was a great you had, you teacher had a, you had i'm a gutted get out of jail card, didn't you exactly yeah. that and it yeah. wasn't until i got into the second year that i suddenly went right hang on what i'm doing at the moment is assuring a crap a future for myself but a crap future in which I can say it was, yeah but my parents split, split up when yeah, I was 16 whatever. and it's like well yeah. that's again that's not a reason it's an excuse and there's a very yeah. it's a big difference between reasons and excuses and I think that could have been such a, a wrong way you know, not yeah not we were 
a year off our 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And you could have turned around and said, well, give it another three. But that three or four years could have been hell for yeah, you two. Yeah, exactly. It could have affected you a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know uh, it affected So I, again, on that, I, I remember that never, turning around and going, right, actually, no, I now need to apply myself. And I didn't get amazing grades, but I know... I worked my hardest once I realised that. Once yeah. I went, hang on, I've got an excuse to go off the rails now and get drunk or do drugs or, or whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But it's like that's not that's not that's the... not going to help me no. when I'm living in a council flat in twenty years' time yeah. and that, with that no money. Thing, going well, at least I've got a reason for myself. We had that same. Me and Mum had that same conversation about yeah. You know, when when do we do it? When do we talk about? It? Should we wait another three or four years? Should we? What will the difference make? And the cold facts is you don't know yeah no, you, you think don't. it's about the right time it might yeah. have been better a year earlier it might be better two years later um but we just don't know um mm. i think you've both turned out exceptionally well so um yeah, yeah. and level-headed it's, and yeah. everything else kind of all i don't think you don't know what if you'd have done it a different way but i think it worked out for the best yeah in my yeah. opinion. No, yeah. I agree. So let's, um, I touched on the one with mum and, and, and I made some, some notes because I was like, oh, I don't want to mention anything in that one and say we're going to talk about it and then right. forget talking about it. But So it's a big jump. So I guess it's before then actually, but oh, when we stopped off at the library to move some, some shelves oh, at, Ch- Chadwell at Chadwell. Library. Chadwell and, um, library. And they were breaking in. And there was two lads breaking in. And again, it's a weird one because I remember it almost like a radio play because me and mum had to stay in the main room and you, you, you went in the back to, to tackle these That's these right, lads yeah, who were breaking yeah. in, so all I remember hearing is you saying, "Don't be stupid, son." To, to, I, I think I think they were younger lads. That's right. They were they were big enough lads, but, but they were but, young. But you had to young, kind of tackle them both and keep them there until the police came. That's right. Yeah. I again, I sometimes get that confused when I was at Hobson's in in Deptford or Greenwich. I like to say posh. Sounds better at Greenwich. Yeah, in real Deptford. life, it's Deptford. <laughs> we, we got stuck up there as well, and we had a gang come in on wages day to try and take the wages. Oh, wow. And uh, the only way I could stop them, because you don't carry baseball bats or anything no. like that. They had baseball bats. But in the on the stairwell in the factory as you came in was a, um, a big aluminium ladder. Yeah. So I literally chased them out of the building with a ladder. And I was thinking of that. <laughs> When I was trying yeah, to when we were discussing that earlier, the chapel, yeah. and it wasn't that at all. No, and no, there were two lads. They were probably just under six footers. They weren't massive. No, yeah. probably uh, five and a half foot, something like that. Yeah. But they were probably fourteen, fifteen. Two of them. They were a bit handy. They yeah. were bulky guys. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first. I, I said, "Yeah, I said, oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do this, do you? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. In the typical sort of South London yeah. way. You're having a laugh, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. And I managed to floor one of them and literally I think I had him on the floor by having my foot on his knee, basically, yep. holding him down so he couldn't actually get up and he was thrashing around. And the other one's obviously trying to get out the window where they'd smashed and got in, I assume. And uh, so I literally pulled that. It ended up with me virtually doing a old wrestling-style <laughs> Mick McManus. You won't know Mick McManus, yeah, but he was a South McManus, London yeah. wrestler, Mick McManus, many moons ago. And literally pinning them both down. Until and, the until the police and it wasn't easy, honestly. It was probably the, the toughest uh, struggle I've had yeah. in my life, and I've had a few struggles uh, over the years at Millwall and going away yeah. to Millwall and places like that. I mean, that's perfect link because I wanted to kind of round things up with talking a bit about football. Football, because yeah. Millwall in particular have still always got life. a bad rap still for um, yeah. for hooliganism, hooliganism. but yeah. it all ties in because the thing I remember a Christmas or two ago. I remember seeing a load of comments and people doing articles saying that they shouldn't have football 
over Christmas on Boxing Days, specifically because that's oh, no. a time for family and all this. And it really no, that's struck tradition. home because, again, the fact that 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 you are you, are you a mum was separated all this kind of yeah that was an excuse. B- b- Boxing Day football was a huge part of our family life and a hugely right. important part. It's when yeah. me, you, and Ian, and sometimes Rick or whoever, yeah, b- would go down Millwall, yep. and watch the football. And that was the kind of at that point it was maybe. I see mum on Christmas Day and on, on, on Boxing Day it's see dad well, it or spend Christmas Day we'll see it goes back and forth it goes back a little bit further than that because in all fairness because um, we used to go we used to go as a whole family yeah yeah. Um, and uh, we did often if um, the family do's were either on the Christmas Day or two days after we'd meet Christmas, John and we'd meet John we'd We'd all go, literally, if it was a local away Even game. Pat would come every now and then at yeah, the Christmas ones, often, even yeah. though he wasn't yeah. into football. I remember there was a Christmas one yeah. or two that he would, for that, it would become our family do. That's so, right, that would again, almost a, be the Boxing Day thing. Yeah, um, so it's a complete misinterpretation to say that it's it pulls people away from family not, or anything no, like that. It, for us, for and us again, created a family for working-class families, for South London families, yeah. that kind of thing, that's, that's part you of... you got to remember, from the outset, Mum was the other side she was she came she from was the palace. palace side Rob her yeah. brother's palace exactly and yeah and they did so much better than us in the last few years yeah yeah and they're still up there aren't they but no that was still... a, that was a special day that was the boxing day and it, that was always the first thing like I even did only three or four weeks yeah. ago oh, first thing we do is we look up. at right what's the uh, Easter yeah. Monday fixture yeah and what's, what's the boxing day, boxing day fixture Away at, at South End this year. That's South amazing. Yeah. That's perfect for us who, better, living out it? in Essex yeah, now. Yeah. So again, Away it's at that, South End. Yeah. yeah, absolutely magic. Yeah, that's a lovely one. But yeah, there's a lot of good of good of of, of, of football memories and, and 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 times over the years. It has been a key part. And again, of a father son bonding thing. It's so traditional and almost to a point of cliche. But that, that's it's an important part absolutely. in life if if you're into that. Just. Right. And your dad wasn't particularly into football, Absolutely was he? Not. No, no, no. Why did I go to Millwall? Because I was near... His factory was uh, moved from Burdenbush Road to the Old Kemp Road. Yeah. He actually was opposite Mickey Purses, the car dealers. The, right. the Millwall, when they got annoyed, used to go and throw brick through the window right. because yep. he was the chairman at the time, Mickey Purser. And um, my dad's factory, when it was taken over by Peak Freens, I think it was, moved the production plant to there. Yeah. Um, and that was why I went to Millwall because I'd been there on a Saturday washing the car and listening to the car and uh, could hear the crowd in the background. I was a f- football fan, but yeah. I hadn't. Uh, I didn't go to Millwall from the age of six or something. My dad yeah, never yeah, yeah. took me, but I started going. I started taking my brother along on a Saturday, and uh, that's where it all started. Literally, yeah. it was from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C- I, c- can we sh- shame John of, of when he didn't help you when you were? Away at Liverpool, no, and, no, we can't and your that. accents were no, heard. No, we can't do that. We can't do that <laughs> at all. Now, what we what we can say there was, um, I, I, th- I think, a better story than that was yeah. Millwall at home. Was it Arsenal or Liverpool in the cup? Walking away from the stadium, and I was so was busy Liverpool talking again. It was Liverpool. There's a lot of Liverpool ones because yeah. also there was another away Liverpool one where we scored, and Anthony jumped up and accidentally gave Ian a black eye. That's right, yes. So Anthony yeah. being John's yeah. eldest, yeah. Ian being your eldest. That's right, yeah. Um, he jumped up and gave him a, a black eye in celebration accidentally, but equally there was a, a, a leaving the ground after Liverpool and you being so excited in conversation, you almost walked, knocked yourself out. Yeah, I walked into a, a steel lamppost and Man, it, was like, it was like one of those cartoon things because I've never heard a lamppost going you know the vibration that goes with it it was comical um, the effect of that but it yeah. was, and it, I, don't, I still don't know how I drove home that day to be quite honest yeah. I really don't because it, it hurt so much 
But, but again, walking full I mean, blast into a lamppost. Again, yeah. on the talking of family and whatnot, I always remember on a lot of away games that we'd carpool up. It'd be us and, yeah, yeah, and, and John and Pauline we? at the time with everyone, and, and we'd be yeah. a one flash if you wanted to stop at the services, That's right, and two you know flashes, all different yeah. things to, to, to acknowledge. Yeah. And that was since we stopped doing that, I see far less of. Of, of, of the Sadly, family in that yeah. way so again again, yeah. that's natural because that happens as everyone gets but older and so on and so forth much everyone's moved away, away. but still it's a great illustration of how yeah. that kind of thing can be the excuse you need yeah, to, get to, 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 to get together yeah. and to see family yeah. rather than just it's Christmas it's Easter it's a birthday it's going right we've got despite, Palace <laughs> despite the crap results <laughs> yeah. you still go there Yeah, the years of bad results so right we'll start to, to wind it up there I think unless mm-hmm. the, there's any other stories or anything you particularly had in mind oh I've not mentioned we discussed the film Duel. Duel, yeah, what a film. This is a good one because I think at a young age you'd, I'd watched it. I don't think I'd even I watched all of it, but I got yeah. quite scared. But anyone that doesn't know, it's an amazing early... I believe it was Spielberg's first it was film, Spielberg, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think it was his first. And yeah. it was just about the, the mystery of a trucker That's right. following it, it, it someone was, and bibbing the, them and flashing the them. It. it was the guy who played McLeod. Not sure. He was a... Oh, dear... But no, yeah, I'm it's kind it. of it's a real it's beautifully done because there's you you don't really see the the evil the the the, the bad guy much no, in it. No, do. No, You're no, constantly you just really seeing see it at all. I think you, it's just this on one occasion this lorry speeding up and yeah, almost see, ramming and on flashing. On one occasion, there's a, a shot where it caps and maybe a bit of smoke comes out the open crack of his yeah, window. It's yeah. big old American uh, trucks with yeah. the big headlights and the big massive grills. And fodden or something written yeah. across the front, you know, a really big me breaker uh, breaker. In later years, you've seen the film Cars, the kiddies' cartoons. Yeah. Well, the baddie car in that, right, yeah, the yeah. bad truck in that, yeah. And yeah, that was a, a film where basically um, this guy is traveling across America, he's a salesman of some kind, yeah. And um, I think he either cuts this guy up or this guy cuts him up, so he decides to have a go back. And then the rest of the film, and it's only really the two of them, a, a, a cafe scene or a, mm. a pulling scene, a, a petrol station scene, but really it's just him and this it's mysterious that tension man. of the being yeah. under threat. And yeah. it's the first ever road rage type thing. That's so right, yeah, again, road rage. I'd seen that. Yeah. And then we were coming back from Millwall once. That's right, yes. And we you decided back. to. It was an evening kickoff, scare and we were me. coming back on the. <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, I don't know how old you were, five or six or seven, something like that. Probably, probably much... a bit older. I was probably a bit older, I think. No, I'm you sure, must have been, actually. I'm sure yes. I was a bit older because yeah. I remember being, at first being, oh, it's fine, and then being like, oh, no, shit, it's not fine. You yeah, know, you know right. it, it wasn't a childish panic. It was a teenage yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. what's going to Yeah, that's right. No, you was, you was a lot older than that, probably near a tenor yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. And uh, we were coming back and it was, it must have been an evening kickoff because it was dark. Um, and we were driving back and, being where we live is yeah. near Shellhaven, or in those days, Corriton and Shellhaven were there. So all the trucks and the tankers, the petrol tankers, um, I are being basically evil, drive in the direction to our house. They're exactly the they? same direction as us. You know they're going to turn off exactly our turn off. Yeah. And as we're going along, I've looked in the mirror, and this is a big thing in the film as yeah. well. He keeps looking in his um, uh, mirror. Yeah, yeah. And he can see this truck every now and then getting yeah. up here. And it was, I thought it was a bit of a wind up, a bit of a laugh at the time, not realising quite how petrified you got. Me being ignorant to cars and how things work, the yeah. fact that that when he would f- flash to let you out, that's right. I didn't yeah. know that's what was happening. I'm seeing him flashing and I'm, I'm thinking, a, I'm a, Jewel, I'm like, what? 
I'm but a very, what have we done? Are I'm you... a very polite driver, so yeah. I indicate in, I indicate out. So if I'm pulling in, I indicate, and the guy goes, flash, yeah, in you come. And I then turn that into... But, but you sold I've it to me up. that you've cut him up, and now I've he's flashing. Up, now he's flashing us, and he wants me to stop, and I'm not going to stop. And I make sure I go a little bit faster, then I gradually he's turn off. off. So and the good like part was, again, are you were like, it's all right, we're almost at Stanford, so yeah. we'll turn off now. And then we start yeah. indicating, we're and then he starts and indicating straight after. And then it literally does that. Of course, it's the old roundabout, not the new one there. So you go up and say, it's all right, he's bound to go this way. I know yeah. exactly he's going to go exactly the yeah. same way. And I it's not until... myself. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it, in, in isolation like this, I don't know how amusing or frightening yeah. that sounds, yeah. but believe me... But it, it was, was genuinely at the point, because it was like, really, the, he's following us all the way home, and this is yeah. having seen that. And, and yeah. to a, a younger person like yourself, that yeah. sound probably felt like an age. It yeah. was probably only... Although in those days it's 35, 40 minutes because we yeah. probably picked him up at Canning Town somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And then it was all along the old A13 through Dagenham and through um, yeah. all, all the bits in between. And it all Raven. felt like he's getting closer. He's getting cl- and, and, well, that was again, that was me slowing down to make that, yeah. it feel like he was getting up closer. Then he'd flash and, and yeah, and I was be looking in the mirror and uh, and you could see him in the mirror as well, yeah. from your uh, seat at the back of the car. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Panic. Anyway, yeah. well, that's a good one to end on. That was on. horrible, um, horrible way to treat myself. Son, it was torture, outrageous. Thank you very much for coming on and chatting. You're That's on. Good. I gave Mum's t- Twitter out. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you on Twitter as, as well? You're not that active on there, really. No, are you? you do no, a lot of road stuff. I tend to retweet but, stuff yeah. rather than tweet. I don't actually but tweet at much Chris about Mead's one. Is it? No. It's is it? Was it? At, at Mead's five five five. At Mead's five five five. Well, there you yeah. go. So if anyone I wants to ch- a, ch- a chase you from there, but. Thank you very much for coming on the birthday it. special. Yeah, the birthday. Oh, is that what it is? The birthday. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, you always put something out in your yeah, birthday, exactly. don't you? Yeah. Well, let's hope this is as interesting as some of your yeah, other projects. Yeah, sure it'll be a good one. Well, thank you very much. Goodly. Cheers. There you go. That was my dad. Um, and in total, that has been my mum and dad on my birthday special of the Distraction Pieces podcast. Um, my dad, I have to correct him. He is Chris One Meads on Twitter at Chris One Meads um, and not Meads Five Five Five. He's talking nonsense. So. J- 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 just to note that if, if you wanted to follow also as he was leaving um he told a great story that i wanted to add in because in the context of the characters you've met throughout this podcast it's beautiful and it shows how my dad's family were v- very much the working class family and on my mum's side were the posher side but but posher within the context of south london um and my dad was saying that when he first had my mum round um f- 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 for dinner his mum was a, a really nervous and panicking and said to Mick, um, look, just be on your best behaviour and behave yourself because her dad's a copper. So, you know, and there was that instant instant fear of a dad's, a dad's old bills, as, as, so we need to be careful here. Um, and when she was there, Mick then I, I walked in with a bag full of, um, you can only assume, not a, a legitimately acquired slippers, and asked if my mum, I wanted to buy any slippers for her mum, for her dad. So, um, and my, and my, and my nan was distraught and panicking and convinced that they were all going to get arrested and busted because, because my mum's dad's a 
a copper his old bill um so yeah that was good fun um thank you for tuning in this has been my birthday special if you've not tuned into any others before give them a look man there's some good ones if you're if you're mainly into my stuff then there's the ask pip ones which are really good where i answer your questions um but there's there's loads i'd recommend we had the 50th anniversary one with john kennedy recently who i am adamant is responsible for my whole career obviously we've had loads we talk a little bit about the whole black lives matter movement i'd recommend the killer mike episode and the b dolan episodes to discuss some of that and open mike eagle and pos there's it's discussed on on a lot of them um and next week or no not not even next week the regular this is an extra this is a treat to you the regular one is on wednesday um and that's with greenpeace and i'm talking to three different people at greenpeace two bends and a frank that's all you need to know um but yeah it's an amazing talk and it's fascinating when you realize that i think it's in the first one that ben stewart describes the fact that what he does for a living is as close as you can get to being a bank robber in a heist movie and still have your parents are proud of you you know they get to sit there and plan these crazy things and make scale models and go in and and stake out locations and make notes and times to go and do these these stunts that are that they believe in to raise awareness for things that they believe in and need to be changed so it's a fascinating one and we also talk in depth frank was 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 one of the arctic 30 who was put in prison in russia for trying to protest against the the um the digging for oil in uh in the arctic um and man that guy has some stories and it's an amazing listen i really i fully i recommend you check that out so yeah this has been distraction pieces episode 50 it is my birthday special i'm out of here see you on wednesday bye-bye subscribe and and all that i i forgot to mention subscribe go back and download other ones spread the word tweet about this tell your friends get one friend to listen to it they'll get a friend to listen to it and so on and so forth distraction pieces podcast bye-bye